Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, we know what it is. Hey! What's up, D-Gun? What is up, everybody? Hey, Mood Swing, Bella Sween, Bull, William, Philly 559, Mr. Taz, Forrest, uh, Jim G, Devin, Tyler. If I missed anybody, sorry. What's up, Gunner? How you doing? Good, my man. How you doing today? I know this is your second favorite day of a work week. Getting there, man. We're like, bum, 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 you're at the bum, top bum, of the mountain. You can see the valley. Climbing. That's what we're doing. We're climbing, man. We're getting oh. there. Yeah. Yeah. You can see. You're like, hold on. Wait, wait. A little yeah, bit. In the distance. The valley. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all you ask. That's all you ask. But no, Wednesday, it's good. We're, uh, we're a day away from an Eagles game, uh, which may have a little bit of a different edge uh, with some of the guys who were in there, at least, than, than what this game would have been anyway, considering some of the things that went down, you know, yesterday. So, yeah, a little, little closer eye on this bad boy, Gunner, than what we thought initially. There there could be some contracts out on people uh, tomorrow <laughs> night. But let me ask you this. Yeah. Last preseason game. Are you excited about this game? Um, I'm. You know what? I, I, I will say this. I'm curious more than I am excited. I would use the word curious. I'm curious to see if Mariota can look any better. Uh, especially if he's playing the first quarter or couple series or whatever against some of the ones for the Colts. So I'm curious to see what that looks like. Uh, I'm curious to see which players actually are in action, which may tell you a little bit about their standing on the team. Um, I'm curious to see if some of the guys, some of the rookies, or inexperienced players get time in this game and what they look like in this game. So I guess that would mean I'm excited. Like if I wasn't, if I didn't care, I wouldn't be curious. So yeah, I'm a little bit excited for it, but more, more, more curious than I would say, like, can't wait, you know, marking it down every second. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm, I don't know. My interest in this game is Wayne, other than to see who might throw a first punch. That's the only thing. Mariota is what he is. The regulars are not going to play. 
considering this team had six injuries the last game, I don't want to see Nolan Smith out there. I don't want to see Jalen Carter. I don't want to see Jordan Davis out there. But you know um, they're going to get a few reps to work up a sweat. I'm more concerned about this team getting out of this game unscathed than I am getting more evaluation yeah. on what's to come. Um, we know we know the Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, Sidney Browns, you know, Geely Ringo, they're going to make the squad. We know that. Outside of that, um, I'm not going to sit there and say, man, who's on the bubble? You know, I, I, it'll have it'll take care of itself. I'm just more concerned about let's get this one over. Let's get through unscathed. I don't want to see any more stretchers out on the field. Um, and Mariota, I expect to see Marcus Mariota. I think I think it's so ingrained in his head now. I think he'll make a few better passes, but I also think we're going to see some sailings also. So I'm not getting too jacked about his appearance. Um, I'm more concerned about who survived physically in this game more so than anything else. I mean, that look, I I agree. I mean, that's always that's always the main objective. It, it's not even you know guys showing how much they how well they can play or any of that. It's getting out of it healthy. I would agree with that. Um, man, Mister Taz is cold blooded, man. You see what he said about Mario? What did he say? As I said before, we need to drag Mario to the back of the ball. Oh, God. All right. Put him down like Lassie. Man. That was old Yeller. That was old, yeah. That was old Yeller. It wasn't Lassie. <laughs> I, at least I, I didn't see that Lassie where they did that. No, I didn't either. I, I, miss- I, I know they did old Yeller. That, that, old, Ye- old Yeller was one of those, man. And I know it's a really old movie, and there probably yeah. even, a lot of people don't even know what the heck we're talking about. But yeah. My God, I watched that, and it was old when I was a kid, but I watched that when I was a kid. I was, like, devastated. That messed me up, man. I'm telling you. I was, like. Oh. I love the old yeller. I'm, and we had a dog. I'm, like, you're not doing that to our dog. Hey, <laughs> happened to our dog. Jeez, man. Um, that's cold. I, look, I, I think on whether we like it or not, he's going to be here. I mean, he's going to be here. Yes. It's it, So, all you can do is hope, man. And all you can do is hope that he gets it together a little bit and that they cater enough of it to his strengths and veer away from his, his weaknesses that you get a, you get solid to okay play from him. That's all I'm looking for. There's as as we've talked about a couple of times in the past week, there's nothing really appealing. That's still on the free agent market. Yeah. And if you're sitting there waiting for cuts to come down, the quarterback position is so watered down in the National Football League that if any team has a decent backup, and I and I emphasize the word decent, they're not letting them go. No. Every team is keeping three quarterbacks as it is. So that's 96 quarterbacks that will be spoken for, okay? Anything else is not going to be better than Mariota out there. I know. I know. So like stuck with them. Like there's a few teams that have – serviceable guys like let's let just real quick let's run through the cow the cow cooper rush is serviceable i think right it's okay yes it's okay uh I mean, taylor heineke serviceable serviceable he's in atlanta now he's serviceable right uh jacoby Brissett, serviceable tyrod taylor it's serviceable, serviceable. Right? uh huntley from from baltimore serviceable yeah, yeah. and he run he's very similar to the style that you're getting from yep. smartly that's a you know with yep. lamar so that that makes sense so the, the NFC East is is not bad, right? It's not bad. But you start going a little bit further here. And I love PJ Walker. He's a temple guy, but come on. 
that's Chicago's yeah. backup. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Detroit. Let's go to Detroit now. I'm just yeah. kind of running. They actually have a good one. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Okay. You Teddy Bridgewater set people off wearing number 50. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, what is that, by the way? People got ticked off. He wore number 50. Oh. Like, let the man do what he wants to do. Who cares? Yeah, I know. Um, Sean Clifford is a rookie out of Penn State who was at Penn State for 14 years. He, he's Green Bay's backup right now. Like, well, you feel good about that? I wouldn't if I'm Green Bay. No. no um, I'm just trying. To, Nick Mullins is, 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 we know Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is, is, is Minnesota. Like, that's, no. a, we don't need to run through all of them, but like, th- this is mostly what it is. It's just kind of guys. You know, it's not guys you trust anything long term. What's up, Barbara Carroll? What's up, Fitness Rebel? I look What's at, up, I look, at uh, I look at the Chargers. I look at the Chargers back up. Easton Stick and Max Dugan. Really? That's it. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm listen. Yeah. This is what it is. You go around the league. You guys must have been upset when Flipper got sick. <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I was. Dan, I'm teary eyed right now thinking about it. But. Anyway, there, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of good backups. Just just plain and simple. And, and the the thing you could say about Mariota is yes, it's looked ugly, but he's had experience. He's played a lot of football in the NFL. He's been a starter at the NFL level. At least you're not turning it over to some unknown. Like that's where I don't get where people want to throw Tanner McKee in there. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not ready to go. Not ready. He's not ready. And the Eagles have told you that. All these people that are jacked up about Tanner McKee in preseason, he's not ready. Yeah. He has yeah. potential, but he's not ready. Yeah. You know, yeah. and as much, as much as you don't like it, you know, my goodness, you, you'd hope it doesn't happen. But if Jalen Hurts goes down, now entering the game, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Get ready. Well, I think what, what you'll get if that's the case, Derek, is, and Mr. Taz says doesn't matter if it's, you know, it doesn't matter if you have experience, if it's bad experience. What I think what you'll get, heavy running game, if you're not down big in a game, heavy, you know, pound the running attack, yeah. uh, do things that are really sort of basic, quick hitting, quick tight out, end. Over the middle, yeah. Yeah, not, you're not going to look, I don't think you're going to be looking for a lot of shots down the field, which, you know, may not bode well with AJ and Devontae Smith, but that's, that's kind of, I think what you're going to have a dumbed down, for lack of a better word, version of the offense. That's yes, exactly. And that's what you expect. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the good thing is they have the offensive prowess to control a game with their run game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it means the game's closer than it should be, they still have the prowess to control the clock. Control if they lost, um, um, if they lost Jalen Hurts for an extended period of time in a game or yeah, beyond, they I agree. Control the clock and keep the games lower scoring, mm-hmm. and they still have enough firepower to do a lot of damage. You know, um, but anybody who's out there thinking there's got to be somebody better, no, there's not. Yeah. It really isn't. It's it's not a great situation. You wish he he looked better so far, but it you know this is what we're we're dealing with. Now, again, that's why one of the things I want to see is him tomorrow. I want to see if McKee continues to to grow too, um, and see how they both look. The scary thing, Rob, is um, you can believe it or not, Mariota is one of the best. Think about this. What I'm about to say now, he's one of the best backups in the league. Yeah, yeah. It's it, look. That. It's that's hard. It, it's hard to find. We talked about this the other day with expansion, which is a joke if they're even thinking about doing that. But right. there aren't enough good ones in the league, let alone twos. No, no. And when you get down to threes, my goodness, 
You got guys that guys who should be uh, moving on with life's work, looking for some other <laughs> kind of career. You know, I mean, seriously, yeah. you, you're getting paid six and seven figure income to be a practice squad player and to hold a clipboard. And now at least you get to put on a uniform since the NFL has expanded and now you can carry three quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, you, you'll be basically just, you know, the sweat you work up is in warm ups for a game. That's right. it. I, I actually, I, 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 Gunner, I do like the way the league did it. Um, so you can dress three. The third technically doesn't count as a roster spot, and, yep. but you can only use them if there's an injury or an ejection. Yep. So it can't be that, you know, your starter or, or your backup stinks. Like it's got to be an injury. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, I think it's a pretty good rule. I, I like that they've, they've kind of, I always thought that should have been the case. And I know a lot of it came from the Niners whining, but I, Right. I always thought that that should be the case. So I'm, I'm exactly. glad. Exactly. You yeah. know, and I understand you, you put a hand, you have them available, but you put a handcuff on them. I mean, it shouldn't have to come down. You know, I mean, I can't remember a game where three quarterbacks got knocked out of a game, but it shouldn't have to come down to a position player playing a quarterback to get you through a game. Mm-hmm. You have the guy sitting there in an emergency. You know, he's not allowed in a game unless somebody gets hurt, but you can carry three in a roster now so that if you're down at, down at number two, you have that third one standing there. Right, which is fine. Yeah, and, and and congratulations, Tanner McKee. You're going to be dressing every week. I mean, that's the, the, good for you. But that's yeah, kind of where it's at. Big Sale says, look, 13 years, Chase Daniels, $41 million holding the clipboard. Andrew Brandt. Andrew Brandt, yeah, who we have on the show, is who is a great business mind for for the sport. He was he, you know, he was the business side for the Packers, for the Eagles. He yep. does a great job. We, we, we've, yep. we've had him on. He's a professor of law at Villanova, right? Yeah, he, he does. And it's very funny. If you follow him on Twitter, he's a good follow. He does his business hall of fame, not player hall of fame, but business hall of fame. Chase Daniels, a first team business hall of famer. He no is agent. Uh, Sammy no sleeves was Bradford. Brilliant, brilliant businessman. Like these, there are guys that have made so much money off of that. Like, and you know what? Good for them because there've been so many guys who've been screwed by the league. I I'm take, get every penny you can get as a player. You will never hear me ripping an NFL player with me. You see, you talk about Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford entered the NFL at the right time before they put a cap on first round money. His first his first contract was like seventy eight million dollars. Right. Think about that. His first contract was like seventy eight million, mm-hmm. and then everywhere else until people finally figure out he ain't got it anymore. He was making big money moving around from team to team. Exactly. I yeah. mean, it's just, you talk about sitting pretty for life. For for a little return on the dollar, my goodness! I know. But 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 when Big Sales brings that up, forty. Think about that, Rob. Forty-one million dollars earned, and you look at his stats as a professional football player. You thinking this dude? I, this dude is one of the best, smartest businessmen coming down the pipe. And he 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 isn't beat up either, man. Okay, he is he is he is well preserved. So uh, yeah, good for Chase Daniel. He, he he collected a lot of money for a lot. He was here for five minutes. He was an eagle for for a yep. season. Uh, but he yeah he made the rounds. That's for sure. So we got the game tomorrow. We have uh wow what an I'll tell you man that was an exciting Phillies game last night. Yeah, that was that, that was that comeback was sweet. Um, they come back and, and Trey Turner gets game winning hit. Ball he smoked. Off the glove of, of uh, the not, the Giants closer, that ball was just ripped. First of all, the closer the closer's throwing ninety nine hundred, mm-hmm. so he's throwing seeds to the plate. Yep. And Turner turns on who had, who was zero for four up to that point. Yep. Hits a line shot, almost took the dude's neck off. Yeah. You know, ricocheted off his glove, 
And the reason, if it hadn't ricocheted off his glove, it probably would have been a double play. Could have been. And the other thing is, because you had to have the defense in with the bases loaded in that situation, yep. if they're playing back at normal depth, it's probably a double play too. Or or maybe you just get one run in instead of taking – just game of inches, man. Stuff has to happen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there were a couple good – like, obviously, uh, Stott takes one right off his elbow. That was scary. But uh, graded back by Marsh to get the single, the pinch single yeah. off of this guy. Yep. Um, and then of course, Turner and, you know, everything worked out, man. They then now you get the broom out if they could take oh. care of business today. And we'll get to see it starts after we're done. Yeah. Four o'clock start for the Phillies, uh, against the, uh, the giants this afternoon. We're going to have Mike Sealski. Mike's going to join us at 1230. We're going to kick around a bunch of different things. He was at practice yesterday, Derek. So he saw all the feistiness and the chippiness and everything that went down between the Eagles and the, uh, and the Colts. So he probably we'll started. Above it. I think he did. I think we're going to get to the bottom of that. I think I, yeah. you know, as, as much as Kelsey took all the heat, it should have been Sealski. So we'll, we'll discuss that, uh, you know, with Mike, talk some Phillies with him. He also, Derek wrote the book, the rise Kobe Bryant. And it's yep. Kobe's would have been Kobe's 45th birthday. Uh, today so Mike very much knows of what he speaks when it comes to Kobe Bryant what what a what a fascinating career in life obviously cut way too short but man I mean you think about a guy who was just people draw comparisons all the time to athletes and I'm not comparing Hertz in terms of accomplishment yet to Kobe but I think the mindset from Jalen Hurts very much reminds me of Kobe Bryant just just Machine-like, robotic, focus, dialed in, attack every day. That part to me is there. there's a lot of similarities there for sure. You know, the funny thing is, I hate to say this, in life after Kobe, when you look on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, they have a section where there's all these video clips of things, you know, athletes. You listen to Kobe. They pull up a lot of clips of when Kobe's doing interviews. And his mindset of how he approached the game and why he practiced as hard as he did when everybody else was was taking a rest. Yeah. You know, he was nonstop. That's what made him what he was, man. He was a machine. He was so regimented. And other players, you know, even Allen Iverson would tell you, Kobe did things I I, didn't, I wouldn't do, you know, yeah. in terms of when he would get up to practice, how many hours he put into practice, shooting free throws, so on and so forth. He didn't have to. He'd already built a name for himself, but he never stopped. Yep. He never stopped. And that just adds to that legacy of Kobe Bryant. And you get to hear some of these. I get chills when I listen to him talk now. When I'm scrolling through Facebook, you know, um, videos and stuff, and and, tw and and Twitter X, and see these clips from Kobe, I'm like, wow. You know Kobe better now than you did when he was. I hate to say it, alive. I agree with you. I, he, there's this great. He, if you get a chance, I used to show it to my class that I used to teach at Temple. Uh, yeah. And there's a clip where he's. I'll, I'll find it. If I can find out, I'll, I'll give you the attribution what it was. I'll find it during the break. But anyway, he sits down with this guy and he, and he recounts how he would attack his day. He would say, all right, let's just say you, you're going to get up at seven o'clock in the morning and you're going to go out and work. You're going to go work out from seven to nine or whatever. Or yep. you, you get up, you get your breakfast, you go work out from like eight 30 to, to 10. Uh, then, and then maybe even you go, you go relax for a minute, you get something for lunch and then you go, blah, blah. he's like, I get up at three. I could go to work from four to six. I'll get some Jeez. breakfast. Then I'll get my second session in, you know, from, from seven to nine. Then I'll get some lunch. Then I'll get a third session in from, from one to three. I'll, I'll get some rest. I'll eat and I'll do a seven to nine session and then go to bed. 
I'm getting four sessions in where, where some people aren't even getting two in. Yeah. And, and like, it was like, Whoa, man, th this dude was the, the mindset was just different for that guy. You know? And I, I think, I, I think Jalen's very much like that because everybody you talk to and Derek, you are as connected as anybody I've, I've ever seen with that organization. Jalen hurts is first in last out. Not there's a cliche. No, it's real. There's no question. He's like the old man of the group, and he's one of the youngest guys in the locker room. Yep. But because of his persona, he automatically commanded the respect. The older players would look at him and like, who is this kid? You know, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and initially you're thinking like anything we do and anybody we come across, okay, they're trying to make that first impression, but eventually the true personality will come out. He has not waned one way, one iota from the time he first stepped into that Eagles locker room to the Jalen Hurts we know today. Yeah. Everything yeah. about him is prepared, calculated, even keeled. Um, and that's why those guys – and then, of course, obviously, when you get out on the field and you do what he did, especially last year, how can you not gravitate towards a guy like that? Because the players identify, this is the guy that can take us where we want to go. Right. But that's a great point. Like, of course, you want that – you want everybody to be like that. Yes. But if we're keeping it real, like if it's a guy who's a third stringer or borderline on the team or a practice squatter, you're probably not noticing it to the extent. Like if you're a great player or, or, or had the kind of season that Hurts had and you're doing that too, it's very hard for anybody else to slack. You know what I mean? Like if you're a, if you're anybody else on that roster and you're seeing the guy who's making the most money at, at, at the position that's the most glorified, if you will, um, doing it like you got to follow suit man that, that's why you can lead by action you can't i mean it's do you love the vocal part of it too yeah and i think he does have that he's not a screamer or a yeller but he has that presence where they respect him but you're doing it on the field man it just makes it that much more impactful i guess there are first team players that don't take that approach yeah but they're just so talented they know how to cut corners right you know but as talented as Jalen Hurts is, he refuses to allow himself to 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 shut down, to have those moments of lapses, you know. And let's face it, it works different for everybody. I think arguably the greatest linebacker to ever play the game. Look at Lawrence Taylor's history. Oof. This dude would play games hungover and would play at a Pro Bowl level. Look at AI. I mean, dude. AI would give you everything on the court during a yeah. game, but – <laughs> Alan Iverson. We know what was going on, you know, uh, off the court. So Hall of Fame player. Yep. Lawrence Hall of Fame player. There are a lot of players that come through the ranks in multiple sports that take that approach. I mean, yeah. you know, you go back to the days of um, Mickey Mantle. You know, Max, you go that Max far, McGee. Max yeah. McGee catches two touchdowns in a in a in a Super Bowl game. He wasn't even supposed to play. He, the only reason that he he played was somebody got hurt. He went out the night before thinking, "I'm on the bench. I'm not going to join myself." Bench. <laughs> And he comes in and he makes one, one, the one catch was sick. The one hand back insane. One and he, he was an older player at that time. It was crazy. Yes. It was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the, the, the way it goes. A good, good line by, uh, by Sills here. Kyler Murray is the last guy in the first one out. <laughs> and that's what you don't want, man. I, I really, I hope for his sake, I don't care what happens with that team, but I hope for his sake, he realizes, you know, he's got to change the way he is that guy. Kyler Murray. He's got to dial it in. Yeah, Dennis Rodman's a good example of what, you know, what we're talking about here. What Dennis Rodman, perfect example. Good, yeah, good good example. So, yeah, everybody is different. Sometimes you are uber talented that you can overcome it, but 
when you have the talent and you have the drive is when you get the ultimate package. And that's what you have right now with, with Jalen Hurts, for sure. Did you, you saw, you saw the uh, series last dance, right? About the Chicago. I Bowl. did. Yeah, it was great. I watched it during the pandemic. Yeah. One of the funniest things, but most, most intriguing aspects of that, that series was when Michael Jordan sat down and said, Dennis Rodman went to the coach and said, I need to get away for a few days. I need to go to Vegas. Okay. And the coach is like, what? And the players are like, what? Dennis said he needed to go to Vegas to get away for a few days. And it, and, and everybody agreed to let Dennis go. He came back and came back and played phenomenally after that. 20 rebounds the next game, yeah. Well, who, who says that? No, and, that and that flew in the face of everything Jordan was. Michael Jordan practiced harder than anybody ever practiced. Yes. He, he, would, he would light guys up if he felt like – he got no fun. He punched out Steve Kerr. Yes. Because they were, they were jawing with one another. That's how much – like a lot of superstars don't give you that in practice. Jordan did. So for Jordan to just be like, all right, let Dennis be let Dennis. You, you know, you got to know your person. What is it? Uh, KYP. Know your know your personnel. You got to know your personnel sometimes, man. You know? Uh, what's up, Adam? Adam oh, Dexpoints. Yeah. Oh, uh, Adam does have a little Andy Reid, doesn't he, Gunner? A little Andy Reid there. Yeah, you think? I agree. Okay. I agree. A little bit. Um, yeah. 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 I see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it. Look, everybody's different, but you're glad you have what you have. Uh, Ooh, John Daly. That's a good sure. one, John Daly. John Daly's John. yeah, Forrest. Uh, Ooh. John Daly, yep, absolutely. Good call. He'd love yep. to go out and get, have his drinks and come out and play the next smoking night. on the course. He, he, my man, was not politically correct. Yes, how do you uh, do that, man? I don't know, I don't know, but somehow he did it. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Mike Sealski's going to join us. He was at practice yesterday. We'll talk to him about the Eagles, about the Phillies. We'll mix in some Kobe as well on what would have been his 45th birthday. We'll do all those kind of things. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. All right, let's talk Bravo Pizza because that's yeah, the right time. Lunchtime, you're hungry. Let's get that taken care of. All right, uh, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Thrilled that they are a part of the show, the channel. Uh, I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. You have Alex and the great crew there uh, just doing an unbelievable job each and every day with the best fresh food daily and the best options, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wings, wraps, salads. But the pizza is out of this world. They have 20 different styles of pizza. Uh, They have slices to go. You want to just roll in and out. Uh, I like the upside down, a.k.a. the grandma style pizza. That's what they call it. Um, but they will do specialized pizza however you want it. So you request it, they will make it that way. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, in Havertown, give them a call right now. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles We're back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it, everybody. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Always love talking to our next guest. And I think it's a, one of the, the better fortuitous uh, timing situations for Mike Sielski to be hopping on with us. You could follow Mike's work a lot of different places. Uh, great columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Of course, you can hear him each and every Saturday at 10 a.m. with our friend Glenn Macknell on 94 WIP. Also the author of the phenomenal book, if you haven't gotten it, uh, The Rise. Kobe Bryant uh, pursuit of immortality uh, and on what would have been Kobe's 45th birthday. Mike, what's up, my man? How you doing? What up? Hey, Rob. Hey, Gunner. How are you guys? Good, uh, Mike. We're uh, any truth to the rumor that Derek started that you were the one who kickstarted all the brawls yesterday in practice. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. I was told that's well, out there in the from, ether, man. From what I saw and heard, Nick Sirianni said that "Born to Run" was Bruce Springsteen's best album. And Shane Steichen was like, no way, man. It's darkness on the edge of town. And then Jalen Hurts came in with a flying elbow and was like, Nebraska! And it all just went to pot from there. Yeah, because I could see Hurts being a diehard Springsteen guy. He, I mean, that's right up his alley. Man. Absolutely, likes, especially acoustic Nebraska. Springsteen. Yeah, he likes Nebraska, Mike. He likes Nebraska. Oh my goodness. Um, so what was your what were your impressions? Like, like to me. I, Here's the thing. I know Kelsey was very uh, remorseful, regretful, apologetic. Yeah. apologetic, but that earns a lot of quality points. Not that he needed it already in, in that locker room because he felt like Gainwell got cheap shot and he returned the favor. What, what do you think about all this, all this chippiness at practice? Yeah, look, I think Jason, if you shot him up with sodium pentothal after that press conference would tell you 
he said all the things he was supposed to say in that press conference. And I'm sure at some level he was a little ashamed and apologetic. But this is football, guys. First things first, and I wrote about this for today. As big a deal as this was and as big a brawl as this was, this is relatively tame compared to what used to happen in NFL training camps 25, 30 years ago. You would see this kind of thing inside the same team. You'd have coaches pitting offensive players against defensive players. I included an anecdote in there that Mike Golick once told when he was playing defensive tackle for the Eagles about Jerome Brown and Ron Heller getting into such a bad fight that it carried over into the shower in the locker room. And Heller at one point dropped his towel, adopted a boxer stance and said to Jerome, you want to go right now? I mean, and these guys were teammates. So the idea that what happened yesterday is so beyond the pale for the NFL and pro football is not quite right. Mm-hmm. To your point, Rob, yes, I think absolutely Kelsey earned major respect within his own locker room uh, by running, you know, uh, Zaire and taking him out and starting this whole thing. I mean, you can make an argument. Derek Barnett is the one who really started it by kind of karate chopping Anthony Richardson's arm. No, after the play. no. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm stunned. I was stunned. Shocking. What a shock. Yeah. Um, but look, it, it was a big to do in the moment. Because it doesn't happen as mu- as often as it used to, but all in all, this is something we're going to forget about. I think within the week. Mm-hmm. But let's take it for what it's worth, though. You've got a lot of players on edge. Am I going to make the team? What is my role on the team? You know, and they're tired of beating the heck out of each other, and you get to unleash some of that some of that pent up aggression uh, on someone else. Um, there's a lot of stake for these guys. A lot of these guys. I mean. Some guys know they can go out there and, 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 and cakewalk through training camp, and they know they're going to be a first or second team. But there's so many more, and there's a lot of tension, man. All of a sudden, it, it, something that happens on a daily basis, you know, that they would just like water under a dam, it gets to a point. Now you're getting near the end of training camp. I've got one more shot. And all of a sudden, the powder keg explodes, man. I mean, but like you said, Mike, it's the nature of the beast. It, it is, Gunner. I will say this. The one X factor – in all of this is the the rise of these joint practices, right? Yeah. These are all the rage around the NFL. Yeah. And it used to be a team would practice and beat each other up yeah. and then go play preseason games, okay? So all the brawls would be within the team, like we just mm-hmm. said. The thing about joint practices is, yeah, they've got officials out there, but they're not as regulated, right. and there really isn't as much at stake when you think about it as a preseason game. Right. Like if you're if you're a marginal NFL player, if you're a guy who's fighting for a roster spot, chances are you are not going to do something galactically stupid during a preseason game because you're going to get penalized and it's going to be out there for 31 other teams to see. And if you get cut, the other 31 teams and possibilities for you to work are going to go, well, we don't want that guy. That's less those restrictions and guidelines aren't in place in a joint practice. And Kelsey kind of alluded to this afterwards. He said, on the one hand, yeah, there haven't been many brawls and that I've encountered in a joint practice. I've had like 10 or 12 of these. But by the same token, when you're not in a game focused on each individual play and you're at practice or a joint practice, you have time to like let stuff get to you and to think about it. So it wouldn't surprise me if we started to see more and more of these sorts of incidents 
in the years to come as these joint practices continue. Because as you know, you guys know, coaches love them. Like this is, they can do all this stuff away from the prying eyes of national television cameras. So they're going to want to keep doing this. And I, I, I'm willing to bet we're going to see more brawls and fights happen. Mm. Yeah. I, look, I, I think you're right. I don't think it's going anywhere. In fact, Sean Payton said yesterday, I love him. Uh, I, I, we got, they got into a fight with the Rams. He didn't care. It didn't matter one bit. Mike, let's talk about on the field stuff. Um, have we gone overboard with the Mariota thing in your estimation, or is this real considering the injury history with Jalen the last two years? He is a dual threat quarterback and they're more likely to get hurt. Let's face it. Um, and we've seen backup quarterbacks in this town take their teams pretty far, or is this just typical, man, there's 18 days left. We need some topics, my friend. Uh, <laughs> where, where do you fall on this one? I, I come down on this on in two oh, ways, no. Rob, and they're kind Gunner. of on opposite sides of each other. He's frozen. Did oh, am I? Mike? No, oh, I'm no. here. All right. Here's what we'll do. Um, oh. Tone, let's see if we get Mike straightened out. We'll, we'll, oh, we got him. No, no he's fine. He's fine. Am I, am I good? He's fine on yours? Okay. Yeah, he was fine on mine. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, you guys are good on my end. Um, so I, I look at this two ways, Rob. We are not going overboard when we talk about Mariota's performance. He has not been good in either the practices or the preseason games. And that does concern me a little bit because, as, as you said, Rob, and I'm hoping Rob will be back in a second, <laughs> um, the Eagles always end up using their backup quarterback for at least a game. And right. often those games are really important. Nick yeah. Foles, uh, you know, a couple of Gardner Minshew games last year, the Cowboys on Christmas Eve, all of that. So that is a concern. Where I think we've gone overboard is in the ways that people are, the, the proposals people are making to address this. No, the Eagles should not bring back Nick Foles. No. Mm, yes, it is ridiculous and silly to mention Carson Wentz. I mean, come on. Like, some of this is just, let me find the most hot button take I can, I can find and push that button. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not a concern, though. And I heard Rob talking earlier in the show, Gunner, about Matt Ryan. Yep. I give it a thought. Uh, you know, I think the style aspect of Mariota's play is a little bit overrated. I think I would much rather have a reliable backup, no matter what style that backup played, than a guy like Mariota, who stylistically is similar to Jalen, but is, you know, plays kind of scattershot and sprays right. the ball all over the place and doesn't make great decisions and all of those things. I'd almost rather have um, the Matt Ryan style than the Mariota style. Here's, here's what I said about Matt Ryan a couple of times in the past a week. Nice option, but he's got one foot in the broadcast booth. If he just and he's left the door open that he might come back, he's not coming back to hold a clipboard. He's going to sit there and wait for a team to lose a starting quarterback and can hit the ground running and go in and be a viable cog in somebody's offense. Plain and simple. You know, his presence now, obviously, the offense would change a lot with him under center in this particular offense, but he's been around the block for 15 years. He knows how to read a defense, he's an accurate passer, he can handle big game situations. I don't see him coming in here because of the reasons I just said. Now, for those people out there who are screaming, let's find another backup quarterback. And I presented the case, you know, last week when Farzetta was on the show and earlier this week with Rob. 
Look at the free agents that are sitting out there right now. There's a reason. And Carson Wentz is among them. There's a reason. You don't want any of them. Secondly, every team now, especially with the NFL allowing teams to have three quarterbacks on the active roster, you don't have 32 starting quarterbacks as it is. If you have a decent backup, which doesn't hardly exist in the league, it's a luxury. Marcus Mariota is the best decent-looking backup out there when you stack them up against all the other teams. So whether we like it or not, he's it. Hopefully Jalen never goes down, but he's it. There is nobody better out there to replace a Mariota. Yeah, I think that's a totally fair point, Gunner. And as you were talking, um, the name that popped in my head, especially when you were speaking about Matt Ryan, was Josh McCown, right? I don't think the Eagles, you know, they remember that experience where Carson Wentz gets hurt in a playoff game and it's Josh McCown who's, like you said, been around the block and then some, and he really can't perform in that situation. And there's certainly that danger with somebody like Ryan. I'm not... I'm not suggesting they should cut Mariota at all or replace him. I'm just saying that it is a concern uh, that he has played this poorly. And I'm not convinced that he's going to be much better in the regular season if he has to step in for Jalen Hurts. Now, look, you know, I've, I've, I've made reference to this line a couple of times this week. Tom Moore, the longtime offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, had a great line when someone asked him why the Colts' backup quarterback never took any reps in practice, that Peyton Manning took every snap at every practice. And I'm going to clean it up for you guys because I know you're, you have sensitive, uh, you're sensitive to profanity. But Moore basically said, son, if 18 gets hurt, we're screwed. Yep. And we don't coach screwed. And I feel kind of that way with Jalen Hurts, right? Like the Eagles know how important the backup quarterback position is, and they won a Super Bowl – with Nick Foles, but I think in this situation, if Hertz gets injured for any lengthy period of time, man, it's going to be duct tape and, you know, Elmer's glue from that point forward. Yeah. T- ties into my, I don't know, favorite Bum Phillips line ever about Earl Campbell. He didn't finish the, the mile, and Bum Phillips said, if we're ever third in a mile, I'll give it to somebody else. But every yeah. other down, I'll give it to Earl Campbell. <laughs> um, right. Uh, speaking of running backs, Mike, how about that segue? Oof. All right. Um, good. What do you make of this? Because there are some people that will tell you Gainwell's the feature. Some are saying Swift. Uh, some are saying this is a total just group effort here. What do you think? I mean, I, I know we, we look at it and it's not the typical, uh, this guy's going to get it every down kind of thing. But how do you see this thing playing itself out? I see it being pretty similar to what they've done in years past, Rob. You know, if you look at their numbers last year, uh, the Eagles did not throw the ball to their backs out of the backfield much at all. I think they were the second, they were targeted the second fewest times in the NFL. Now, some of that is because Jalen is such a great runner that some of what, you know, some of the dump offs that another quarterback might make to a running back, he could just take off and run himself. Some of it was that I think Miles Sanders, for whatever reason, had regressed as a receiver since his rookie year. But I I look at their stable of running backs now, and I like it for this reason. When they've been at their best in recent years at that position, like take 2017, you had multiple guys who, you know, might have a specialty, so to speak. Like LeGarrette Blunt was great in short yardage, big power back. Jay Ajayi was um, kind of a, a bit of doing everything, carrying the ball. He could run with power. He could run with speed. Corey Clement could catch the ball pretty well out of the backfield that season. 
but those those skills overlapped too. Wentz and Foles would throw the ball to Blunt out of the backfield, and they'd dump it off to Ajayi every now and again. And Clement could run inside as well. And I think you see a similar situation now with the guys they have. One of the strengths that they have in Swift and in Penny and in Boston Scott and you know Gainwell in particular, I think, is that they can put any one of those guys in there and do just about anything they want in the offense. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, well, Kenny Gainwell's in there if you're an opposing defense. We know they're going to do this. Well, you don't know because they might throw it to Gainwell. They might hand it off inside to Gainwell. Same thing with certainly Swift. You know, Boston Scott has caught passes out of the backfield. We'll see what Penny can do, uh, and assuming he stays healthy. But that sort of versatility is a, really a strength, I think, for them. So I don't think you necessarily need a bell cow in really any sense of the word. Has, has in your mind, a number three receiver emerged yet for this team? A definitive number three? I mean, Quez Watkins has looked pretty good when he's been out there, um, you know, but he's been banged up a little bit. Yeah. I think he's probably got the inside track, Gunner. Uh, you know, he has certainly come into camp recommitted. You know, he's he's talked the talk. He, he I was there the day he said he was elite, um, you know, which had me kind of shaking my head. And I wasn't the only one in that media gaggle who was shaking his head at that. Um, but he's, when he's been on the field, he's, he's been pretty good. And he gives them, I think what, what they would need out of that third slot, which is somebody who can stretch a defense and open things up because we both know, we all know that AJ Brown and Devonte Smith can do everything as receivers, but it allows them to work the middle of the field. If you can occupy the safety by having Quez take care of them. So I would guess it's Quez at this point. Um, you know, but we'll see. Mm. I, you know, Mike, it's it's going to be – that's one of those to keep your eye on, you know, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Did you get a chance to take a look at the uh, Sports Illustrated piece on on Jalen Hurts? It was, it was pretty fast. I, I read the few – yeah, I read the yeah. first few graphs of it, Rob, and I know Brent Bishop, and he's a terrific writer. He's a friend of mine, and I just haven't had a chance yet to, to really sit down and digest it. It's just it, – like, it, 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 it didn't really – I thought it was really well done. Let me just say that. I loved yeah. every, we yeah. talked about it quite a bit on the show yesterday, um, but it just reinforced a lot of what you thought about this guy. And I, I want to draw a parallel here because I, I know the, the, the great book that you did, the rise on Kobe Bryant, and I'm not comparing accomplishment. Okay. But the drive. Okay. The way that these guys look at this thing and the singular focus that they have. And you could speak to this pretty uniquely because of the, the book that you did on, on Kobe. But I see a lot of traits there in terms of want to with Jalen Hurts. I think that's a darn good analogy. And I think the difficult part with it, Rob, is that in some ways it's hard to see and validate those kinds of qualities in an athlete when he's as young as Jalen is now. Yep. or was as young when Kobe was. Yep. Uh, one of the things I learned in doing the research for The Rise was how planned and meticulous Kobe was in going about who he wanted to be and where he wanted to go and how he wanted to get there. He was operating on a level beyond the average 17 or 18-year-old. Mm -hmm. You know, He kept to himself his entire senior year, the fact that he knew he was going to jump straight from Lower Marion to the NBA. He let people in our profession guess and write stories and speculate that he might go to Duke or North Carolina or LaSalle, or maybe he would go to the NBA or, you know, all of these things. And he just sat back and let it all kind of happen. All the while he was 
taking all these steps and preparing in these ways, whether you're talking about training, mental aspects, all of that stuff to get himself ready to jump to the NBA. I think with respect to Jalen, it's almost hard to say, yeah, he's following in those footsteps because you don't want to be wrong about that, right? Like you get burned so many times by saying, here's this young athlete who looks like he has it all figured out and put together. And then something happens and it kind of all falls apart. I mean, we kind of thought that about Carson Wentz for at least a little while. Right. And speaking only for myself, that makes me a little gun shy about Mm -hmm. saying this guy's got it, man, for a 24, 25 year old, he really is locked in. Having said that Hertz has given no indication yet since he's been with the Eagles that he's anything other than like locked in and committed to this team being as great as it can be with him as its quarterback and to him being as great as he can be as its quarterback. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating story to follow, I think, because I think you're right. We may be looking back five, 10 years from now and saying, boy, Jalen Hurts was one step ahead of all of us in what he was doing and how he was doing it and how he approached becoming a great quarterback and a superstar, just like Kobe did all those years ago. Mm. You, you know, Mike, um, his, his agent came out um, in the article and said, you know, we wonder sometimes, is he is he 25 or 45, you know, because of the way he handles himself. And in the time you've gotten to watch him, listen to him, and even get feedback from other people, and, and especially when you compare it to the book you wrote, is there one definitive aspect of what Jalen Hurts is, his makeup, that really intrigues you more so than anything else about his overall makeup? The controlled nature with which he answers public questions, okay. Gunner, that that really that that's where I draw the strongest parallel, I think, between him and Kobe. And that is something that you really don't see. And it's it doesn't sound like a big thing, but it is a big thing. Yep. Um, you know, I, I you were there and we were all there for those Carson West press press conferences where he was kind of searching and it seemed like his default reaction was to Whenever something would go wrong, it was the whole team, right? Yep, yep. You know, and, and he said it in a way that seemed innocuous. But if you went back and read the transcripts, you were like, wow, he kind of threw his whole team under the bus mm-hmm. there. Jalen never does that, ever. And Kobe didn't do that for, a, you know, when he was a young guy, particularly his senior year. I mean, he could be, he could be very overt and he could express himself, um, express anger and disappointment. Mm-hmm. But when it came time to really deal with the public, there was nobody more self-assured and self-controlled than Kobe Bryant at 17. I mean, think back to that press conference where he said he was going to take his talents to the NBA. He handles that, that situation like he's a talk show host, yep. like he's going to succeed Oprah, you know, at four o'clock on ABC five <laughs> days a week. Um, and Jalen is similar in that regard. Jalen doesn't have that kind of humor that we've seen, we saw from Kobe, but man, he is, he knows exactly what he wants to say and how he wants to say it. And that measure of self-control also seems to translate into how he plays on the field, mm. right? He doesn't make big, dumb mistakes. He is really smart without being overly cautious. And that's that's a tricky line to walk as an athlete, but man, mm. he really seems to, to be mm. able to, to balance all those factors. Mike, back to Kobe for a minute, because I know so much of what you did was, was sort of the lead up to, to what he became, right? How much of that was was Joe, his dad? How much of that was Joe having lived that life? And, and obviously didn't have the accomplishment that Kobe did as a player. But how much of that was Joe? How much was that was just innate 
that that's just the way this dude was wired, man. Like, like, where do you think the balance is there? I think it was 50-50, Rob. I think 50% of it was the way he was wired, and I think he got that from his mother, Pam. She was, she was the one between Joe and her who had the Mamba mentality, uh-huh. okay? She was the, you can't go play basketball until you finish your homework. She was, if, if I can say so, the hard ass of the two yeah. in the household. Joe had the experience of having played in the NBA and that his experience in a way inspired Kobe because Kobe, when he was a kid, always felt like Joe didn't get his dust just due and didn't get the real chance he should have had to be a star in the NBA. And Joe felt that way too. He felt like he was kind of ahead of his time. He was a six foot nine guy who could dribble and pass and shoot and had a lot of flair. And all his coaches wanted to stick him under the basket and put him in the post. Right. And, and Joe was also kind of like a ne'er-do-well. He was the kind of guy who'd like wake up late for the team bus and miss right. practice, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kobe had the mentality from Pam and then he had the lessons he could learn from Joe. You know, Joe could tell him, hey, here's what you need to do in these situations. Here's what I did and here's what you should do and shouldn't do and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So it was the perfect melding of like nature and nurture, I think, for in Kobe's situation. But, and there's and not to not to interrupt you, Gunnar, there's a there's a parallel there, I think, with Hertz, who was the son of a high school football coach. coach right. Yeah. You know, yeah. who and you see that and he makes reference to that every day. It's again, mm-hmm. it's nature and nurture. And, you know, Jalen seems to have both. Nice. Mike, I said earlier in this show, um, in life after Kobe, when you look at Facebook, Twitter, X, or Instagram, you see the sections where they have all these different video clips of things going on. You see so many video clips now of Kobe talking one-on-one with different entities about his approach to the game, to life. And I said to Rob, I said, I think we know Kobe, not you, because you did such an incredible job of digging deep beyond the surface to write the book that you wrote, incredible book. But those of us on the outside looking in, I think we know Kobe better now than we did when he was an actual player. When you listen to those video video clips in terms of what drove him and why he would not let himself let up, even in the latter stages of his career. And the amazing thing about that, Gunner, is that only happened in the last five or six years of his life. Mm. I mean, up until 2014 or 2015, Again, pardon my language, but most people around the NBA would tell you that Kobe Bryant was a galactic dickhead Mm -hmm. and, you know, didn't get along with teammates, you know, was isolated. And there were reasons for that. Mm -hmm. Right. He had a unique childhood. He came into the NBA very young. He was incredibly ambitious and incredibly driven, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And he needed he had some growing up to do. Uh, in major, major ways. And, you know, we're not even really touching on the darker aspects of his life and some Colorado of the things he was alleged to have done, Colorado yep. and all of that. Yep. Um, but in the last five or six years of his life, I think being a father and learning how to be a good husband changed him and softened him in those ways that allowed him, to your point, Gunner, to open up about mm-hmm. how did I get to this point? What was my, my thinking and my approach and my mentality uh, to be able to become as great as I was. Mm. And I think that's the true tragedy that people feel when they they think about it and they talk about Kobe's death is that he had gone down to the depths of our perception in our society, right? He was as low as you get with what happened in Aurora, Colorado. And he had pulled himself out of that and was still ascending when he died. And I think people feel like, man, what else would he have done? Who else could he have become if... He hadn't gotten into that helicopter on January 26, 2020. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's all there's always so many of those stories, Mike. The what ifs, you know, and, and where yeah. it was headed. It seemed like everything was was headed in that direction, man. Uh, so people can still get the book, correct? And and where are we? Or, or have we advanced any further with? you know, the other stuff, you know, potentially? Well, um, first of all, people can still get the book on Amazon at their local bookstores at uh, website, the rise of Kobe book.com. As far as the other projects, um, there's a writer strike in Hollywood. Uh, So um, I wish there were an update, but we're kind of in a holding pattern. Okay. Well, hopefully like, I I think everybody's hoping this thing gets resolved and then we can kind of advance. Nobody more than me, Rob. I hear you. I hear you, man. College is right around the corner for the little one. Darn right, man. I got mouths to feed. I hear you. All right, Mike, listen, man, keep up the good work. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll we'll check you out Saturday morning at 10 o'clock with Glenn and of course, inquire.com. And you can follow Mike on X because Derek loves it when I call it X. Never, uh, never. It's follow, Twitter. Follow it's Twitter. On X. There's only one X and he played for the Seattle Supersonics in the yes. 80s and he yes. was awesome and his cameo in the movie Singles was tremendous. Too. Correct. And he was ahead of his time with the shaved head too. Uh, Darn right. Xavier Darn McDaniel, right. Daniel, we're referencing right there from our 80s. Good youth. Point. All right, uh, Mike, good work out of you, Thank man. You, we appreciate you hopping on for a couple of You minutes. guys are the best. Thanks right. so much. Take care. Good, Mike Sielski, uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. Good stuff there. On the whole Kobe thing, I thought today would be a great day to talk to him. Not only was he at you know practice, yeah, wrote about it, but also the Kobe thing on on Kobe's 45th. So good Absolutely. stuff there. All right, let's come back, Gunner. Uh, let's dig in a little bit here. And we did an NFC East comparison with the Eagles yesterday from an offensive perspective. We're going to do the defensive perspective. We'll go through defensive line, linebackers, corners, safeties, the whole thing. We'll see where the Eagles measure up with Dallas, New York, and Washington. We'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you right now about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because it can be really challenging and also scary at the same time trying to find the right person to invest your hard-earned money with, right? And I found that right person, and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. And you will be pleased if you do the same thing. Trust me, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's yet another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and uh, it was the absolute right move for me. It will be for you too as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Heading down the shore. Have a ball. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Take. That's Derek. I'm Rob. Uh, we are hanging out with you on this gorgeous Wednesday. Not really hot enough for Gunner in our area. No. But nonetheless, if you are in the, in the tri-state area, the Philadelphia area, you, you want to take a walk outside today, just soak it in a little bit. It is a gorgeous day. It really Beautiful is. Day. Yep. Uh, all right. So a lot to get to here, Gunner. Let, let's, let's continue with the Eagles discussion. Uh, like I said, we did the offense yesterday, and we kind of looked at how they compared a quarterback at running back receiver tight end offensive line to the other teams in the NFC East today, we will do defense. Okay. So um, let's start with the Eagles defensive line because it, you know, it is interesting. They did lose a, you know, a big piece for sure with Javon Hargrave. Um, but I think they have some players, some younger guys who are really ready to make a move here. So let, let's go through the Eagles defensive line and then we'll, we'll go through the others. Um, you bring back Brandon Graham. I'm going to work off the edges here and then we'll, we'll go towards the middle, but uh, you bring back Brandon Graham, 11 sacks last year. Okay. You go to the other side and I'm going to count um, Hassan Reddick and, and Nolan Smith as defensive linemen for the sake of our, our discussion here. Uh, Hassan Reddick, 16 sacks uh, last year. And you know, you, you talk about two guys who got after the quarterback in a big, big way right there mm-hmm. with those two, Josh sweat, also 11 sacks uh, at the defensive end position. You add to that now, uh, maybe Derek Barnett, we'll see, uh, and certainly Nolan Smith as well coming off that edge. Then you work your way interior. Fletcher Cox is back. Uh, you add a Jalen Carter. Now you have in a second year a uh, Jordan Davis. Some of the depth guys that you have, Milton Williams, uh, Tui Pelotu, uh, are some of the guys here on the interior, just to name a few. But, but give me your overall impressions of the defensive line first. I'm going to start with the tackles first because I think it's the perfect infusion of veteran presence, 
evolving maturity and um, energetic youth. You have the elder statesman there in Fletcher Cox. You have Milton Williams now, who has really emerged as he continues to progress in his NFL career. He really emerged last year. He didn't put up the, 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 the gaudy stats, but he was consistent in what he was asked to do. And then you bring in the influx of, of new energy and Jalen Carter, and you got a holdover who's still basically in his rookie year in Jordan Davis. I love that rotation on the D-tackle position. You can say the same thing about the edges. You bring in the elder state, Brandon Graham, who's just happy to play 30 35%, which keeps him fresher and, and allows him to have an extra burst coming off that edge. You know, Josh Sweat emerged last year. As a legitimate pass rusher, double-digit sacks. You know, um, Derek Barnett, I know you don't want to hear it, but he's there for not you, I'm saying in general. Yeah. Barnett, if he gets his head on straight, if and that's a big if, if he can get his head on straight, he's going to help this defensive off the, defense off the edge. He has the ability to be a very good pass rusher off the edge, at least a pressure guy off the edge. Yeah. You know, I love the rotation that, that they have across the board, you know. Howie Roseman has done a great job of assembling veteran, older veteran vets who are now starting to be in their prime, like the Josh Sweats, and guys who are up and comers who are going to have to replace some of these guys probably after this season. Mm-hmm. You know, we say Fletcher Cox and Brandy Graham probably after this season they're both gone. Yep. Now you've got an influx of young guys you're still going to have under contract for a few years, so you don't have to scramble looking for free agency and scramble and, and, and alter your draft and draft out of necessity. You know, Howie Roseman loves to talk about we want to draft the best player available every draft, mm-hmm. you know. And the way he's structured now, they can continue that trend. You know, unless something out of the ordinary happens, you don't have to worry about reconfiguring your draft. We got a draft for need now which kind of messes up their whole draft board and their mindset of how they like to draft players. I think you make a good point. There is a really nice mix there. Interior, Carter, Davis, Milton Williams still young. You know, on the outside, you got Nolan Smith. We'll see about Barnett. I, I don't I think he's kind of like middle-aged NFL, but whatever. You know, mixed in. And, and Sweat's not old, by the way. You no. know, so it's, it's a pretty nice mix. Yeah, you're right. It is a pretty nice mix that they have uh, – they have going at that spot. All right, so let, let's jump around a little bit. Let, let's and we'll get back to next. We'll tackle the uh, the linebackers, but let's look at the what the Cowboys are bringing um, from a defensive line standpoint. And I'll, and I'll start inside, okay, uh, with Dallas. So uh, what they're bringing to the table: uh, Jonathan Hankins inside, uh, Osa uh, Adezikwuzua, <laughs> Ooda. Odig call him, call him OD. Yeah, OO or OD. Uh, the kid out of UCLA. He he was their third round pick uh, in the twenty one drafts. I apologize. I'm gonna just go call him Osa for our purposes. Okay, so you have those two uh, in the interior uh, off the edge. Let you know, Micah Parsons. We can call him whatever we want. A linebacker, an edge guy. I, I don't know. To Marcus Lawrence. I mean, they got some guys there. Okay, there's some guys there. You know, for sure. Um, it's a good defensive line Dallas is bringing to the table. Yeah, no question. And and they have Michael Parsons listed similar to what the Eagles have, Hassan Reddick listed right. as, you know, off that edge. You know, and I love DeMarcus Lawrence. You know, he's getting up there in years, but he's still a viable presence coming off the edge on the opposite side of Mike, Mike, Michael Parsons. <clears throat> I think Michael Parsons is one of the most lethal players, you know, uh, in the NFL. But you know what? 
as good as he's been, he was the defensive rookie of the year a couple of years ago. Sometimes he disappears in games. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't been as consistent as as you thought he would year two compared to year one. You know, and I like their backups. I like Neville Gall- Gallimore, um, and I like Dorrance Armstrong, you know. And you still have Dante Fowler. They're pretty deep along that defensive line, you know. And they predicate on a NASCAR defense. Now, they didn't accumulate as many, nearly as many sacks as the Eagles did, but they had a pretty good margin of quarterback sacks last year. Mm-hmm. They have guys who, who are not only stout in the tackle spot, but can come after you off the edges, you know. And they got a couple of guys, you know, Neville, Gall- Neville Gallimore, before he got hurt last year, was starting to ascend and, yep. and getting talked about a lot. Dante Fowler, you know, um, a role player, but he fits well into that system. A guy who's got a great burst off the edge and, and can 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 be disruptive. Um, the collective group, I don't think, is as good as what the Eagles have, but they're a very formidable uh, opponent to be worried about. No question. Yeah, about I would agree. I would say good, but I, I, I would I would lean towards Eagles, uh, but but solid for sure. Um, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go, Giants here. And this is a this is a team with a pretty stout uh, defensive line. You got Dexter Lawrence on the nose. Woo. We, we all know that 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 is a that he is nasty. You got uh, you got Leonard Williams. Yep. nasty. You got Ashawn Robinson. Nasty. Yeah, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have a really good year. He he has been very outspoken about how disappointed he was in the way that he played last year. Um, well, he got slowed down too because he got injured early right. on, and right. it took him a while to recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, look, this is a Giants throw a good D line out there, man. Like, they're, they're good. They're good. I, I I like them four across, but I I'm not so sure about their depth. Yeah, the depth has to come up a ways, you know. Um, and and they've got some young players, you know, waiting in the wings to to spell the the front line players, but the front four is really good, you know. And and Thibodeau, man, he can get he can get off the ball, he can get after the quarterback, yep. but he's got to be more consistent. You know, to me, he was similar to Parsons. You know, had great moments, and then all of a sudden, for a game or two, he would disappear. You wouldn't hear anything from him. And I, you know, I like the fact that he's evaluated himself as having a very disappointing season for a first round draft pick. So I'm interested in seeing if he comes out of the gate healthy, how improved he's going to be this year. Yeah, but that's a that's a strength of their team. You know, and you also have to take into account like who who's pulling the trigger here and who's pushing the buttons. And Wink Martindale, you know, is going to get the most out of what he's got too. That's for sure. Well, see, un- unlike unlike the Eagles, um, who who like to use basically a four man rush, uh, and we'll bring bring the heat occasionally. You know, Wink Martindale's blitzing from all angles. He's blitzing from the parking lot. He's blitzing from the concession stands. He's bringing extra people every chance he gets. So that helps those guys up front because they've got some big boys up front. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just front line, but there's some big, big muscle up front in that line. Yeah. And, you know, the two tackles in particular, well, you know, they play a three, four, but, you know, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams both command extra blockers, which allows other guys to slip through linebacker, safety corner, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But, but in the Wink Martindale defense, you just never know when you're going to get your number called. Okay. It's your turn. Get to the quarterback. Yeah, that's uh, he, a big difference. Derek, he, he's the kind of guy that Philadelphia fans would throw a parade for if he ended up here. <laughs> I mean, they, oh, my goodness. They would lose their minds with, with a wink, as aggressive as he is. Oh, my goodness. No <laughs> um, all right, let's go to let's go to Washington now. Um, you know, you're going to – I'll work inside. Again, very good here. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, the two teammates from Alabama. 
you know, really good. You work your way outside. Chase Young, this is a critical year for him, Derek. They did not yeah. pick up that option on no. him. So no. he's a free agent at the end of the year. And then it's Montez Sweat. That's that's a real good four right there. This front four, to me, this is my favorite front four in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, with Chase Young. But Chase Young missed a lot of valuable time, extended time because of knee injury. They really didn't. He came back in the latter part of last year, but he never really got up to speed because he lost so much time. But if he comes out of the gate healthy with these other three, Payne Allen and Sweat, man, I'll tell you what, that's as formidable a group as anybody in the division. They can get after people, you know. Um, But they got to do it this year because you don't know if they're going to pay Chase Young after this year. You know, obviously not picking up his fifth-year option is motivation for him to, to play at a high level. But they paid Allen. They paid Payne. Can he pay all these guys up front that kind of money? That remains to be seen. You know, and he, I, I think we automatically assume when a guy blows a knee out now that he just comes back and he's fine and it's nothing. It, it, it took him a long time. I don't know that he's, you know, this will be the year that we'll find out if he's all the way back because he wasn't last year, if, if you remember. He, yeah. He's not, and it's not automatic that these guys come back as good as science is now. Um, all right, so of all those groups, would you would you lean Washington? Um as your one, would you take them over the Eagles, over the Giants and the Cowboys? If just if just a front four. That's a tough call, right? And I have to base it on last year's performance. You have to go Eagles because of the numbers across the board. Yeah. You had your two at your two primary edge rushers, both had double digit sacks. You know, uh you you had a D tackle who's not here now, um, but had double digit sacks. You got a high first round pick you're replacing him with. You know, Jalen Carter is that unknown commodity. He's going to be – he's going to get more snaps than anybody else. We know what Fletcher Cox is. Fletcher Cox is not the player he was five, six years ago, but he does have spurts where he plays extremely well, and he's as strong as any D-tackle in the game. He may not be the biggest D-tackle body-wise, but he's one of the strongest in the game. Very smart, heady player. But because of those two edge rushers combining for 27 sacks, I have to go them first, Washington second, Giants third, and Dallas a close fourth. But I will say, uh, you, of, I'm sure if we did this exercise for every division, overall, the, the NFC East might have the best defensive lines. Uh, you, know what? you might be right. Of anybody. Um, all right, this is where I think, uh, I don't think the Eagles are winning this one. So let's go linebacker. Um, your middle is going to be N'Kobe Dean. I think the other spot, the Will spot, is very much up in the air yep. right now. Um it's looking more and more like it's going to be Zach Cunningham. Um, and if it's not Zach Cunningham, I think Christian Ellis is in the mix. I don't know what happens with Morrow, Derek. I don't know that he's hundred percent here. He may be. Um, and again, we, we, we put Reddick on the, on the line. So we didn't count him, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a linebacker, uh, you know, a lot of questions. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of questions there at this position. And, and understandably so. You got an influx of new players coming in at the will and in the, in, in the, in the mic. Um, and those are unknown commodities in this defense. We still don't know what a Sean Decide defense is going to look like. Um, and those are unknown commodities. So, yes, big question marks in terms of will the linebacking play be better than what it was last year? Because it, it, let's face it, it was very iffy when it came to pass coverage. Yeah. You know, teams worked them in the middle of the field a lot. Um, and so I can't really get a finger on what this linebacking court is or is not going to look like because it's Cunningham, Ellis, or Morrow, if he's still here on the outside, we don't know. 
And we don't know about Dean. We know he, Dean has the athleticism. We've seen, you know, samples of what he can do a little bit in a preseason game. But now i got to see it against all the ones. So I, I have a huge question mark still about the Eagles linebacking core. Yeah, same here. All right, let's go to Dallas. Um, sure. You know, the thing we know about Leighton Vander Esch, he's a nice player, but he is hurt a lot. Um, so yeah. he, he's yeah. their will. Uh, Damone Clark. Uh, their middle guy and Jabril Cox is, is their starting, uh, you know, strong side. So that that's what we're looking at from Dallas. It, it's a good group if they're healthy. It's a, you know, it's it's not bad. Now, um, um, not bad, but again, the key there is Vander Esch. You know, two years ago, this dude was all over the field making plays. You know, yep. uh, you know, but you don't know because he lost so much time last year to injury. Yep. I love Jabril. I love Jabril Cox. You know, very athletic. Good against the run, good in coverage. Um, I love his overall play, but that's only that's only two two. That's two thirds. We don't know if Vander Esch is all the way back because there was talk Dallas was not going to bring him back. Right. You know, and all of a sudden they're bringing him back now. Um, so one out of three, I feel good about when it comes to the Cowboys. But the other two are question marks as well. Vander Esch has the pedigree, but because he was hot one year and cold the next. I need to see which – I don't know which one we're going to get this year. Exactly. You know? I'm, I'm, I feel the same way. I think there's – they don't have as many question marks as the Eagles, but there's questions yeah. there. Um, yeah. th- you know, that's for sure. All right, let's go to the uh, let's go to the Giants here uh, and what they're going to be bringing to the table in terms of their linebacking situation. Um, uh, well, as we mentioned, Thibodeau is, is considered a defensive lineman in this uh, this, this process. Uh, Darian Beavers uh, and and Bobby Okerke are, are essentially their guys um, that they're going to be bringing out there. And uh, Aziz Ojolari, who is, you know, again, a very good player yep. uh, who will get after the quarterback, too. He was their second-round pick, uh, if you remember, in 21. He's two years uh, under his belt. Yeah. Um, so that's what they're bringing to the table. See, uh, Ojalari is 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 going to be interesting. Um, you know, playing to Sam, he can he can get after it. But the other two guys, I'm not. I'm, you know, you didn't hear you didn't hear names much. You, you know, yeah. I'm not I'm not sold on them yet. You know, and and I understand. You know, in that defense, they're going to blitz. If you're if you're in that Martindale defense, you're going to blitz. Yep. Now, what are these guys like? I don't know. Yeah, a huge question mark. I don't know what they're like. They're going to need that defensive line that's so good to, to hold up. I think. Yes, them. if the yeah. if the guys in the middle can 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 command double team uh, double team to, uh, blocking, it's going to free up a lot of lanes for the linebackers, the safeties, and the cornerbacks to shoot through. Yeah, but I don't know what they're like overall. Mm-hmm. So again, like the Eagles linebacking core, very very suspect to me at this point. Uh, Two thirds of the linebacking core. Speaking of, I I don't really love. I got to tell you, Washington either. Uh, they have David yeah. Mayo. They have Cody Barton, who comes over from what Seattle, I believe. Um, who actually I liked it in Seattle, but anyway, he comes over. Um, so Co- uh, David Mayo's their weak side. Cody Barton in the middle, and Jameen Davis is the strong side linebacker, the kid out of Kentucky. He was their first rounder uh, two years ago, who I actually like. But you know, that's a questionable group, also. Not a lot of household names there for as for as good as we just deemed all all teams defensive fronts i'm, I'm i have huge question marks about all four teams linebacking core mm-hmm. i really do and yeah. if you ask me to stack them up i'm gonna say you know what they're all they're all question marks to me i can't pick i can't put them in chronological order yeah you know, each each team has one 
that you can hone in on. But what about the other two or three, whether you're playing a four, three or three, four? Yep. I don't know. You know, you really don't. So I agree. I think all three teams, all four teams are very susceptible at the linebacking position. All right, let's go corner here. Um, we know what the Eagles are bringing to the table in terms of their starters and it's Slay and it's Bradbury. And let's throw their, you know, your nickel guy in there with Avante Maddox. That's a, that's a very strong threesome, even though, you know, last year Slay took a little bit of a step back towards the end of the year. Nonetheless, the three of them overall still is pretty darn good as a yeah. group. Yeah. Um, so that's the Eagles. So let's go Dallas. Dallas made the big splash move, Derek, in the off season to yeah. get Stefan Gilmore. So we know that, Right there, that's a massive upgrade because the guy can still play. Uh, so you're bringing Gilmore to the table uh, to go with Trayvon Diggs, who is, look, he's a home run hitter. We know that. He, he's going to get a pick. He could very easily get burned. It just depends how it goes with him. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, still pretty strong with that group. Uh, you know, they get the Ron Bland. You throw, uh, Jordan Lewis is banged up a little bit here. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're, what we're looking at with Dallas. It's pretty good. I mean, it's still pretty good. For sure. Yeah, you, know, you you look at uh, Stefan Gilmore. He's thirty two, but he's still one of the smartest corners in the game, you know. And he can still run pretty well. And he he, he likes hand to hand combat, you know. Yeah. And so when I look at those, you know, uh, Trayvon is that riverboat gambler. Gambler. He's parlayed that into it. I still can't get over this a ninety seven million dollar contract. I still can't get over that one um, because for every big play he gives up, uh, every big play he makes, he gives up two big plays. Yeah. You know, and Dallas is banking on the fact that he's that gambler who can be a game changer because let's face it, he's great. He can cover anybody. Yeah. He's great at anticipating and he's, you know, he's a ball hawk. I'll give him that. Mm -hmm. But because of the one element, he gives up uh, as many plays as he gets. You know, to me, he's not a complete corner. You know, he's a very good athlete and he has, he has spurts of playing great, but he's not consistent. Yeah. You know, because he bites so much on pump fakes. That's why you, a lot of times you'll see him chasing receivers down the field because he bit on the, on the first fake. Yeah, he, he's going for the kill every time. Yeah. And sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. Sometimes yeah. you're better off not, you know, just to try to make the play rather than the home run every single time. Um, all right, let's go let's hop over to the Giants. Um, Deontay Banks, uh, Adoree Jackson, who they're using him a little bit more in the slot and as yeah. the nickel guy. Uh, but they still have Darnay Holmes. They have uh, uh, – they, they, they're a solid group. I don't know that that's a great group. I, I'll take the Eagles over that group for sure. Well, yeah, I like I like Deion Banks better than I like Adoree Jackson, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, Adoree Jackson, uh, you know, highly touted, you know, cover corner coming out of college. He hasn't been inconsistent at best. You know, um, has never had that steady, consistent, steady season since he's been in the league. Uh, Deontay Banks is the one he's, he's the, he's the fighter on the team. I think he's a better cover corner, but again, he's not, I wouldn't consider him in the top 10 in terms of being elite corners. He's a very good corner, but I wouldn't put him in the category of elite. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go giants. Um, you're going to get Emmanuel Forbes. Who no, we saw a little bit of on, yeah. Monday night, first round pick, uh, Kendall Fuller, uh, on the other side of them. And then, you know, the backups are kind of, they're not widely known names. So uh, that's, that's not bad. Washington's got a, got a decent little, little group right there. You know, when I, when I looked at Kendall Fuller coming out of college, he was one of my favorite, you know, players coming out of college, but again, you know, because of his injury history, yeah. now he did play all 17 games last year. Um, but you know, he, he hasn't been 
that big time star a lot of people thought he was going to be coming out. Yeah. You know, he came he he started with Washington, left, went to KC for two years, and all of a sudden he's back with Washington again. So he's still trying to find his way. You know, he's you know, nice size at 5'11, 200. Um, but he's not met, been a measure of consistency in any stretch of his career. He's got 14 career picks, but everybody thought he would be more of a ball hawk when he came out of college, and that has not been the case. Mm-hmm. And so now he's like looking at what his seventh seventh year in the league, yep, and still trying to prove himself and prove that he can stay healthy. Now he's only missed he's missed one game in the last two seasons, you know, which bodes well for him in terms of durability compared to the previous two of uh, previous three years. He missed, you know, two, two, five, and three games. Um, so he's a, he's a proven vet, but to me, he's he he has question marks over him in terms of living up to the lofty expectations of what they thought he would be coming out of college. Um, now the other the other kid Forbes, yeah, I'm curious to see what he 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 was slight of build. He wasn't projected to be one of the top three corners taken in a draft. Yeah, he but went. Washington, he was, but I remember sitting there. You and I were like, "Whoa, that high? Okay." But Washington took him because they were one of the worst teams last year in the league in terms of generating turnovers. And this kid was a ball hawk coming out of college. Now he's he's slighter build, but we got to see him play, and he'll stick his nose in there and tackle. Right. I'll give him that. As small as he is, he'll stick his nose in there and make a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can run like the wind. So he gives them two two elements, two consistent elements. Number one. He can cover number two. If he gets his hands on the ball, he can bring it back and put his team in good position. Yes, speed too, um, which is vital. The player's corner position nowadays. Um, can he hold up with his body type? I don't know. Yeah, to be as a smaller guy, that's for sure. Uh, so, all right, I would say it's pretty close with the Eagles in Dallas. I'd say that I, I would say those two are neck and neck, uh, and better than the other two in the division at corner. Okay, who are you putting it one? Who are you putting it? Who are you putting it to? <laughs> I might go Cowboys. Uh, even though you got the gambler on one side, I, I he he could swing it one way or the other. Like if he's getting burned a lot, then I could go back to the Eagles on that. But if he grows up a little bit and doesn't take as many chances this year, and and, and Gilmore Gilmore's a thirty-two. We need to see what that looks like. Although he's right around the same age as Slay. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I will go slight lean Cowboys, but there's not much difference for me. Because because Stefan Diggs gives up so many big plays, I have to slightly lean towards the Eagles because Slay and Bradbury don't give up a lot of big big plays. And even when Slay uh, started to tail off in the latter half of the season, it wasn't as many big plays as, as Diggs gives up. I think Diggs is more athletic, obviously, because he's a lot younger than both Slay and Bradbury. But in terms of technique, uh, playing sound technique, I have to give it to the Eagles, you know, in that regard, the cornerback spot. Uh, and then I go Dallas second. And then I have to go – I have to go Giants third because Washington, even though I like Forbes, I don't know what he's going to look like yet at this level. Mm-hmm. So I put Giants at three, Washington at four. All right, let's go uh, Let's go safety. Uh, this is another question mark position for the Eagles for sure. Uh, Reed Blankenship will be the free safety. What happens at strong safety is very much up in the air, Derek. Uh, this could go a bunch of different ways. You know, we're seeing maybe Sidney Brown kind of making a move uh, a little bit here, right. uh, possibly. Uh, we've seen some injuries occur. There, there's the, you know, the Kayvon Wallace effect. Um, 
will Terrell Edmonds maintain his position? We don't know right now. Right. It's hard to judge the Eagles because we just don't know exactly what it's going to look like here at safety. I mean, we have one of the pieces, but we don't know what the other piece is going to be. Right. And, and I believe, I don't believe Sidney Brown will come out of the gate starting, but I believe before the season is over, he will be uh, inserted as a starter at the safety spot. He's got to wait his turn and that'll be determined by who's playing in front of him. Um, no matter who it is. I just think if this kid can, can continues to ascend the way he is with his energy um, and, and so on and so forth, then eventually he's going to be, they, they, they're going to have a hard time keeping him out of the starting lineup. Yeah, he won't, hit, he won't hit the ground running as a starter. All right, let's go over to Dallas. Uh, J Ron curse uh, at the strong side. They have, I mean, they gave Malik hooker some money in the off season. There's Donovan Wilson, uh, you know, Israel, uh, Mukawamu. Uh, there's a bunch of other guys that they have in the mix there at those positions. But, uh, everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And Dallas isn't bad at safety. Dallas is um, Dallas is uh, my favorite group grouping on the back end of a safety. Donovan Wilson is one of the best uh, free safeties in the game. J-Ron Curse is the hitter um, yep. and he's solid. Um, and I love Hooker. Uh, Hooker, you know, Hooker has to, you know, play back a second fiddle to those two guys. But if they can keep Wilson and Curse healthy, that's one of the better safety tandems in the National Football League. So without question, they're they're my number one safety tandem in that division. Let's go Giants. Uh, Jason Pinnock and uh, Xavier McKinney as their starters. You can throw a Dane Belton in there and Nick McLeod in there. Uh, Bobby McLean as well. Um, not bad. Don't know a lot about Pinnock, but I know I'm a big fan of Xavier McKinney. Yeah. When he can stay healthy, Xavier yeah. McKinney is a great, another one, another really good free safety. Um, you know, and he's still in his prime. He's only 25 years old. Yeah, he's young, um, and he has a lot of attributes. Now he only played nine games last year, missed a lot of good football. In his in his three years in the NFL, he only played six games as a rookie. Managed to stay healthy all 17 games in 21, and because of injuries, only played nine games um, in, in 22. For some reason, this dude is always getting hurt, you know, and that's not a knock against him. It just happens to some players because of the style of play they have. But when he's on the field, I think he's one of the finest free safeties in the game in terms of reading defenses, coming up and making hits, sure-handed tackler, and doesn't make many mistakes on the back end. Uh, let's go Washington. Uh, it is Derek Forrest and Cameron Curl. Uh, mm. Curl's got good size. Curl's a bigger guy, a uh, uh, kid out of Arkansas, 6'2", 198. Um, but, yeah, I feel kind of eh about that squad. Yeah, you know, it, the thing is, um, Curl early in the season, you know, was was getting a lot of notoriety for it. some things play. against the Eagles, I remember. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden he started tailing off. Now he missed five games due to injuries last year. Yeah, you know, um, but he had eighty-three total tackles, um, and he was starting to make some headway there. And then he got injured and he disappeared. Um, and because you know, the other side, eh, I'm like you, eh, you know, what do we really know about him? 
Um, I would have to put Washington at the bottom of the list in terms of the safety spot. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's run through the safeties. It certainly isn't the Eagles <laughs> um, with all the questions that they have. Who would you give it to in that uh, grouping? It would be Dallas Giants, Eagles, Washington. All right. So let's do the overhead here, Derek. Let's do the overview of all of it. D-line, linebacker, corner, safety. Um, and, and let me throw this in there, too. If you look at the stats from last year, uh, the team stats, you know, in terms of, you know, some of the key categories uh, and whatnot. I mean, the Eagles, as we talked about before, were, were one of the better teams in terms of points allowed. So was Washington and so was Dallas. I mean, yep. uh, Dallas gave up 20.1 and the Eagles and Washington both gave up 20.2. That was all good for the top eight in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So where, where do you fall overall with all of this? You got to go Eagles. You have to go Eagles. You know, yeah. even though they lost a lot of players, they did a really good job bringing it back. Some players, Fletcher, Brandon, uh, Bradbury took less money to come back. Even got Slay to rework his deal to stay here. Um, you, I, I like the core group that is still here uh, overall more so than any other core group in the NFL. Like I, I, I like, I like Dallas's defensive front. But I really like their, their trio of safeties. Mm -hmm. you know, um, I like Washington's front, but I'm not so sure about the back end of their defense, especially with a rookie starting opposite Kendall Fuller. You know, the Giants. I like I like three of their defensive linemen. I like one of their corners, um, and I like one of their safeties. But I don't know enough about the depth of their overall nucleus and rotation to be in love with it. Yeah, it, it, in some ways it's unfair because we watched this Eagles team a lot closer. Yeah, you're right. We need to see them. The, the yeah. some some of these guys, frankly, yeah. were just kind of going off stats rather yeah. than eyeball. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hey, Cowboys defensive end Sam Williams uh, in oh, some yeah. serious trouble here. Uh, so he was arrested for charges of possession of a controlled substance yeah. and unlawful carrying of a weapon uh, as well. And it's not the first time that he's gotten himself in trouble. Um, he was accused of reckless driving in 2022, crashed his vehicle in Plano, Texas. Back then, he faces two new charges. One's a weapon charge. Cowboys are aware of the situation. But uh, that ain't good. That ain't good news for the Cowboys. I really feel bad for them. Yeah, I can see the smirk on your face to tell how bad you really feel for them. You know? yeah. But, you know, here's a guy who's being counted on heavily, a part of that ro rotation they have. He had four sacks last year. Yep. You know, um, you know, a very, very good guy, a good guy coming off there, 6'4", 260 pounds. There's a lot of speed, fits that defensive scheme perfectly. But you're right. Here's another guy now who's going to be uh, addressed by the league off. How, how dumb can you be? First of all, an unlicensed gun and controlled substance. Are you really? How many stories do you have to see across the league? How many seminars do you have to be sitting in, you know, to, uh, to learn? Really? And you talk about one, you know, I'm not saying he did, you know, but players always say, yeah, I want to have a breakout year this year, or I'm going to, I'm going to improve. And you go out and do stuff like this. How many times do you think you can sidestep the law before you finally get caught? Yeah. I mean, really? So now he's going to be subject to being suspended. Oh yeah. And he doesn't have to be found guilty in a court of law. Too. No, no. And so we always, you know, we always get back to this. Goodell, you know, has that kind of, you know, power to do whatever he wants if he feels like it's something unbecoming of the, you know, the league or the team. It falls under the violating the team's conduct policy. Yep. Every player knows what it is. They're well versed in it. And yet still, 
players try to sidestep that so-called policy. Yeah. You're not just an athlete. Players don't get it. They're, they're not just athletes. You are a businessman working for one of the most powerful corporations on the planet. Yep. And they have an image they, they want to maintain. Now, granted, every year they have someone or some bodies who taint that image, but they're adamant about trying to maintain a certain image from their employees. Well said. So it's, you're going to be, be subject to fine and suspension because of your stupidity now. It's not a right. You know, it's a privilege. Um, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We'll, we'll do a combo effort, a combo platter, if you will, Derek. We'll do a combo little platter. combo platter. Phillies and five teams we are most excited to see this year. Five teams we are most excited to see. We can't that, that count the Eagles. Yeah, we can't count the Eagles or the Packers. We excluded those two teams because it's too obvious. All right, and so five teams. So there's at least 15 teams that fall into that category. But because we know each other's mindset so well, as I told you in the show meeting, I am guaranteed beyond a shadow of a doubt we will have a minimum two of the same teams on our list. All right. I, would be, I would not be shocked if we have four. But oh, I said we're going to have minimum of two teams, the same teams on our list. All right, good, good. I'm looking forward to this. So we'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about proaction restoration. Yeah, proaction restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, and, and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property, you know how challenging that can be. Uh, I've gone through it. I had it happen, uh, unfortunately, a few years back at my parents' house. It was on a Saturday, which I, I thought, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We can't last till Monday. I reached out to them, and they got right out to my parents' house. They cleaned up the problem. They fixed the issue. Uh, the price was right. The crew was incredible. It was a big relief for everybody involved. I could tell you that. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. They will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So that's huge as well. Again, it could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it. They can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or you can reach out online. ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 heading down the shore Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind 
and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hanging everybody, we appreciate it. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, Gunner Phillies last night win four three over the Giants. They trailed three uh, two going into the ninth in this game and uh, put together some pretty good at bats. Um, so you go back to that to that ninth inning. You had Stott getting hit by a pitch on his elbow. Yep, uh, it was a hundred mile an hour fastball that hit him. Oh my goodness! As if they need another injury, right? I'm telling you, man. And it was, um, it was weird. It was the back elbow. Usually when guys get hit, they get hit on the yeah. front elbow for, yes. for a lefty. He got hit. Like, I mean, I'm talking like, right. Uh, I mean, one of those, you just, cause you know how it is. You bang your elbow just lightly. Yeah. Hit that funny bone just right, man. Uh, uh-uh. you know, yeah, I thought he, I honestly thought he was going to have to leave the game because you know, that thing is swollen up today. So I'm interested in seeing is, has the lineup come out for today? Yeah. I'll, he, good news is he's in the lineup. I'll get, okay. I'll, let me give you the All lineup right. real quick. Schwerber uh, leads off and left. They're still DHing Harper because he's had a little bit of back stiffness. Um, they just don't want him doing all the bending over and everything you had to do, but he is in the lineup. Um, Schwerber leads off and left. Turner hits second at shortstop. Harper's DHing in the three hole. Castellanos four and right. Stodd is hitting fifth at second. Bohm hitting sixth at third. Real Muto's catching. Marsh is in center. Cave is in left and Lorenzen is pitching. So good news is Stott's in there. So it doesn't look like it's anything serious. Um, But, but anyway, yeah, that was nasty. And, but two batters later, Marsh on a great at bat where he failed off a lot of pitches against this dude. Camilo uh, Duvall is nasty. Yeah. was the closer. He has has 33 saves. This guy Um, Marsh gets a single up the middle, which allows Stott to get the third. So you have runners first and third Kapler intentionally walks, Schwarber to load the bases. So you have bases loaded with one out and uh, Turner battling a lot of foul balls. And then he, he, he lines one off the glove of the pitcher and it just, cause the second baseman was going towards where he thought was the ball man. was going to be. Yep. And it just gets past them. It allows both runs to score and the Phillies win. It's their eighth walk-off win of the season. Pretty impressive. No, no question about it. And they're finding the little ways to win. And that's why I said, even when the Phillies are down, 
um, three or four runs late in the game. I, I expect a comeback. The way that it's swinging a bats right now, uh, and everybody's everybody's chipping in, you know, and we've we've shredded this team for being so inconsistent and leaving so many guys on base in scoring position. But but lately they're getting the key hits, they're getting the big hits, not just blue hits. I mean, they're, they're stroking it, man. Home runs, doubles, you know. I mean, everybody, one through nine. You know, even the eight, eight ninth hitter are lethal hitters for this team now. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when your pitchers are off, like Aaron Nola didn't pitch his best game, but once he stabilized, the other guys took over. You know, in the same way last night. Walker, that wasn't one of his better games. It didn't was go okay. deep. Yeah, it didn't go real deep. It was okay, yeah. but he kept them in the game. And the relief yeah. pitching kept them in the game, which allowed them to do what they do, did on the back end. So all the little stuff that was going against them is now going away. And now all of a sudden, man, ever, and Trey Turner, ever since he got that standing ovation, mm. you know, he's been a different ball player. Now, he still, he still made a couple of errors here and there. But still, he's made some fabulous plays. You know, and he's stroking the ball a lot better now. I mean, he's making solid contact, hitting for extra bases, driving in runs, and that's the Trey Turner we expected to see all season. You're right. He's hitting 353 since August 4th. That was the, you you know, the ovation day. Uh, and, and month of August, 300, four home runs, 13 runs driven in. And we're at August, what are we at, the 23rd, whatever? 23rd today. So, yeah. you know, pretty good. The other thing that's encouraging is the way Harper's really starting to come on. He had another home run last night. Real line drive got out really fast, Derek. But last 15 games for Harper, yeah, 324 average, six yeah. home runs, and 12 RBIs. Remember, he sat on three home runs forever. Yes, he did. So it's it's coming, man. It, it's stroke, coming. And, and you're getting down to crunch time. The stroke is coming back at yeah. the right time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, and again, more importantly – you know, they win two against the Giants. So here's the way things look. And there's a bunch of day games today, including the Phillies, who you mentioned, uh, play at four o'clock. So here's here's where the, the, the National League wild card looks. Phillies are three and a half up on the Cubs. They are three and a half up on the Diamondbacks. Those two teams are essentially tied. They're four up now on the Giants and the Reds. And they're basically four and a half up on the Marlins. So they're, they're, uh, they're getting a little bit of distance here and a little bit of separation, which if you can... You could sweep out today with the off day tomorrow and be well rested for that Cardinal series over the weekend, man. That would be really big. No question about it, man. Um, as long as they're in control and not scrapping like the other teams are jockeying for position, is all I care about. Yeah. No. Uh, you're going to get Otani and crew coming in here. On dude. So you, you're going to get Otani most likely on Tuesday pitching. So against he, I was going to say, I hope he's pitching in this series coming up. Yep. I just want to see this dude up close. It's a shame we don't get to see him because he's out on the West Coast. I just want to see what this dude is like up close for at least one game. Yeah, That's all I want to see, one game. Not just as a pitcher, but he's going to be in the, the lineup also hitting. That's the thing. You get your money's worth, man, with him in the, in the lineup. Jeez. And um, they, speaking of that, they had 40000 there last night on a Tuesday in the summer, you know, late summer. Pretty good. Hey, now, Barry, how many teams can say that in baseball other than maybe maybe Boston? Maybe a Boston, you know. I think they're fifth in attendance, Derek. I think they're um, they're the second most improved attendance wise. Something like that. Some weird stat that I heard last night. So they're they're drawing, and they've been drawing all year. That that playoff momentum did carry right on over to the regular season for them. Yes, That's sir. for sure. All right, let's uh, let's jump back to some football here. And you, this is a great concept by you. I love it. So it's five teams that we're excited about. Now we excluded the Eagles and the Packers for obvious reasons here. Yep. Okay. All right. So, um, 
Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let me go with yours first. Are you? If I could go first too, I don't care. Either way is fine with me. You tell me. You, you tell go. Me. You want me to go? Yeah. All right. And I put mine. I put mine in a chronological order. Okay. So my number five team is Houston. Um, I'm a big fan of D'Amico Ryan's. I've known D'Amico for a long time. I'm just. There's no way they can be worse than three thirteen and one. I love the personnel they brought in. Obviously, they're going to go through some growing pains with C.J. Stroud as their starting quarterback. Uh, but I love the defensive players that they've brought in. I love their, their young running back that they have. And, and I think D'Amico's presence is going to make them a tougher team to deal with. They were tough to deal with last year and only won three games. I think D'Amico's presence there, especially with that defense, is going to make them even tougher. Interesting. Uh, so I, I, I expect them to improve by at least two to three wins. Not a playoff team, but I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. That's uh, uh okay. Uh, I didn't have. I, I will tell you in full full disclosure. I did not have them, but that's okay. A, okay. And you're right. I mean, you remember that Houston game? It was a Thursday night, and we yeah. were so caught up in the Phillies World Series that I don't know that a lot of people were as locked in on that Eagles game as they normally would be, right? Yeah. And and they still the Eagles won the game, but it was a little closer than it should have been. A little too well, close for comfort. Houston was running all over their defense. Yeah, Pierce. Not much in a passing game, but man, could they run it? You know, yep. And yep. the game was closer than a lot of people thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and that's why I said now, okay. you know, they brought in some defensive personnel. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's getting his shot as a head coach now, a great defensive mind. Uh, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep like a half an eye on that team throughout the season to see how much they progress. I like that. I like yeah. that. Okay, all right. Um, my number four team is Denver. Uh, Sean Payton, uh, I, I have a lot of respect for him as a coach. He walks into a situation that's ready-made to win. He's in probably the second toughest division in the NFL. Um, and when you got the gunslingers they have in that division, it makes it even tougher. But because of Sean Pay- uh, Payton's coaching pedigree, I'm curious to see if Denver can improve on their 5-1 season because basically the entire organization as well as the city of Denver was embarrassed by what they put on the field last year. And think about how many close games they lost. Yeah, You know, they yeah. lost – a lot of close games. You're right. And they had a great defense most yeah. of the year. It, it kind of crumbled at the end. But for the yep. most part, that defense was really good. Yep. So I put them in at four. Number three, hey, you you talk it, you got to walk it. It's got to be Detroit. Yep. You know, we've been talking since the season ended about we can't wait to see what this Detroit team looks like next year. Mm-hmm. How much does their defense improve? They have the offense. This comes down to the defense. So they spend some money trying to fix the defense. How much will this defense improve for Detroit that went nine and eight last year? Um, I think they're going to be an exciting team offensively. Can the defense hold up its end of the bargain? Everybody's talking about Detroit being a definitive playoff team this year. Now you got to show us. Okay. I tell you, yeah, you're right. Let's see it boys. Let's go. Yep. Uh, Number two is the saints. I think Derek Carr was the X factor. I mean, there was a three-way tie in the NFC South last year at seven and 10 records. If the Saints had had a quarterback, I believe they would have won that division. Eight and nine won the division. Tampa Bay won the division at eight and nine. If, if, if the Saints, with all the, the personnel they have on both sides of the ball, all they were missing was a solid quarterback. Derek Carr is a solid regular season quarterback. He can sling it. He's accurate. He can throw the deep ball. Strong arm, smart, intelligent quarterback. Um, I think the Saints are going to win more than seven games for sure uh, this season. And my number one team has to be the Jets. You talk about a hype team. Ever since it was officially announced that Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, 
and you look at what they've done to that team and what they've added to that team, this is the most hyped team in the NFL. Of course, they're on hard knocks. So the Jets, there's a lot of pressure on them, and rightfully so. When you have the offensive, defensive rookie of the year, you have a first ballot Hall of Famer, you brought in some of your boys from Green Bay, you have a top five defense. There's nowhere to go but up for this team. There's no excuse for them winning seven games again this year. Can they win a division? I think they can push Buffalo for the division title if everything falls falls into place. So those are my five top teams. I like your five, man. I like your five. All right, so uh, let, me, let me give you mine, and we'll see who right. uh, similarities that we have. Here we go. All right, five. I, I went with Jacksonville. Jacksonville okay. stormed last year to close out the season. I, yep. I mean, it was fun to watch what Doug was doing with them. And Trevor Lawrence became the guy they thought he was going to become, and Travis Etienne was healthy. They add Calvin Ridley into that mix with Christian yep. Kirk and that crew and Absolutely. Evan Ingram. But now there's expectations. You're not sneaking yep. up on anybody in the second year. Um, I think they're in a very winnable division. That helps them. But I, I'm very curious to see the strides that they take now. And we know Doug made a pretty good leap in his second year as a head coach. So let's let's see what that looks like with Jacksonville. And it was seven and two down the stretch just to get into the, to, to the playoffs. Yeah, you know they really turned. They were struggling for yep. much of the season, and then all of a sudden the light switch w- went on, and they went on a run. Yeah, um, and you're right, man. They've got talent on top of talent, especially in offense. I'm a big Travis Etienne fan, a fan as it Same. is. Oh my goodness! And if he stays healthy, wow, what a balanced attack that team will have. I agree. I, I can't wait to watch it. I like the Steelers here, Derek. Too. Oh, no- yes, my number four. Kenny Pickett's had a good camp so far. I think what that's going to look like with some of these weapons that we really never talk about with the Steelers, okay? So here, here's George Pickens, I think, is going to explode this year. I agree. Uh, I, and I think those two have a nice chemistry with one another. All right, so I look for Pickens to have a big year. I really like Deontay Johnson. I mean, th- this is a guy who yes. he didn't find the end zone much last year, but I like him. I like Fryermuth the tight end. So they have that. They have Najee Harris as the running back, they have a defense that, that, you know, of course, TJ Watt, you're, you're led by that crew, but that's not all. Minka Fitzpatrick is a beast. They have Cameron Hayward still. They have Alex Highsmith. Like if Pittsburgh stays healthy. Watch out, man. Watch out for Pittsburgh. That's okay. a good, that's a good pick. And Mike Tomlin never has a losing season. No, he never does. And the last year looked like it was going to be it. And they got it yep. together at the end. Yep. Uh, uh, all right. So the third one I'm going to go with, this is where we're on the same page here and it's the Broncos. Okay. Uh, with that defense, with that coach, the, the nice thing is we're really going to find out what Russell Wilson has left in the tank. Like if he's, uh, and I think he still has stuff left in the tank. Yes. So, so you have him with some, with some help and, and a, a coach who knows what the heck he's doing. Who's kind of cut out a lot of the nonsense that went on there. Um, the only problem they have is that unlike the Jacksonville Jags, they're in a really good division. I mean, they're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. And for whatever the Chargers are, they're a pretty solid team. And I don't think the Raiders are terrible either. So it's right. a tougher division that they're going to have to deal with. But I think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are two guys who are going to be on a mission to sort of prove some people wrong. Okay, so I'm with you with Denver, 100%. Uh, Jets, right? I mean, how can you not have the Jets? You got Aaron Rodgers, who's now become sort of like the he went from people couldn't wait to like just go away, dude, to like, yeah. wow, he look at how he's mentoring. He's flipped the script completely 
on the way that people view him from the outside. It's it's a yeah. brilliant turn of events here for, for Aaron Rodgers. But it's also a talented team. Garrett Wilson, uh, Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, uh, you know, on that side of the ball, not to mention some of the other receivers that they have and a really good defense that was good last year. Uh, I gave you some of the defensive numbers earlier. They were they were right up there. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting the Jets in there. Last but not least, Derek, I have a Dolphin team that I think maybe is pound for pound talented yeah. as almost any team in football, and it all rides on the shoulders of this quarterback. Absolutely. Because, you know, think about it. He showed you before he started getting hurt last year that this offense fits him like a glove that, that Mike McDaniel is running. And he catered this thing exactly to his strength. It's out of his hands, quick, boom, and, and utilize the speed that you have with these guys. But when you could throw Waddle and Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, with that kind of speed, um, with, a, with a brilliant offensive mind that I think that, that McDaniel has, it's all there. But, but can Tua stay healthy? And I yes. don't know that Tua can stay healthy. I, I, yes. I just, I don't feel good about it. But I'm, I'm all over them to watch the way this goes. So, I even love the running back, Raheem Moser. I um, do too. I think he's been underrated his whole career. Yes. Um, he's not a big name, but man, is he consistent when he's healthy? Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. Miami has all the attributes to be an exceptional team this year, but if their quarterback goes down, they can kiss a goodbye. Done. It's done. And I get you could say that for any team, right? But you go in with with the quarterback situation dicier there than than almost any other team in terms of the injury history with him. Because it's not, I I wouldn't even blink if he was the if he had oh he hurt his ankle or he was dealing with a knee or he was dealing with a shoulder. When you talk about the head, you know, and, and him getting getting either hit hard or slammed yeah. to the turf, you know, then it all goes away. So anyway, I, I went with five, all my teams are AFC. Strange. Yeah, I noticed enough. that. I was shocked. No, you picked no NFC teams. No, no, it's it, it's weird. Yeah, I went Dolphins, Jets, Broncos, Steelers, Jags uh, for me. But like I said, I knew I was guaranteed beyond a shadow of a doubt we'd have at least two of the same teams, and we yeah. did. Yep, no doubt, yeah. always. Uh, all right, let's come back. Yeah, you we're, had a great list. We're, we're on the same we're on the same wavelength football wise. Um, when we come back, give you an update on Chris Jones, who uh, Gunner, I think he's pretty dug in, but we'll we'll get into it. I, I I don't think he's in in a rush to get back anytime soon. So we'll talk about him. A uh, bunch of other injury updates. Who's going to be starting uh, in the, some of these preseason games, the, the, fun, the finales, which start tomorrow. We'll get into all that, and we'll preview the NFC West. We will give you the finishing order of the NFC West. Do all that. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern uh, Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, you can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Back, final uh, hour of the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. That's Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Take. Smash the like button if you could, friends. All right, let's continue with the NFL discussion here. D-Gun. All right, so Chris Jones, defensive tackle for the Chiefs. Let me ask you, if you're ranking order of importance on a team for the chiefs where would you put chris jones on the chiefs uh yeah. let's see okay mahomes again i would have to say he's number two i'd have him three two or three you could argue kelsey right yep. i guess yeah. oh yeah three okay three okay so i mean this is a big deal and he's holding out right now he's not happy with his deal he's in the last year of his deal uh he's making he set to make 20 million. He's not making anything right now because he's holding out, but um, he's being fine. Derek 50,000 per day, 50 K per day. Um, and was asked when you can expect to see him back. And he said week eight, which is when he has to report by or else he loses the full year and, and can't, you know, grab his free agency after that year, he won't be granted his free agency. Um, and then he was asked, well, you're losing 50 grand a day. Isn't that a big deal? And he said, quote, I can afford it. Um, all right. So, you know, you we hear that kind of thing and we're like, uh. but anyway, the point is, uh, it looks like this dude isn't any any Russian is not going to be intimidated to get back. So that that could have an impact on the Chiefs. Dude, for sure. Dude, multiply 50,000 a day. Once the season starts, 50,000 a day. Until he comes back, which will be what in October, right? So you're talking close to a month and a half. Late October, you know, you're talking two, two months. Yeah, 
You're giving up 50000 a day? And is, is that multiplied by five days a week or seven days a week? I That I don't know. I don't know yeah. the exact, yeah. But still, let's say minimum five days a week. That's a lot of money. Get back talking about I can afford it. How do you how do you play a game where your 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 career? I don't care what you've made already, but you, you twenty million fifty thousand a day eating into twenty million, which you're not going to see all of because of taxes, agent fees, entertainment taxes. So, are you kidding me? I know. What is wrong with these dudes, man? Now, if you was making two or three million a year, okay, you take a stance and you come back at some point in training camp. Yeah, but. You're not getting that money back. I yeah, like it's it's the kind of thing, Derek, that I have a really hard time relating to, and and and, you know, it's just it makes you wonder, right? I I mean, ultimately, he'll probably get a deal he wants, and it'll it'll be for more money and make up for all the fines. I I don't know, man, but it's frustrating. I can tell you that much. The thing is, whenever he comes back, he'll have a week to get ready, get back in football shape. He'll he'll be inserted right back in that starting lineup again because he's just that valuable to his defense. What is that going to defense? And we looked at Kansas City's schedule, and that schedule is no joke. What is their defense going to look like without him coming off the edge pressuring on that defense? It's a good, that's a good point. Let, let, all right, let's let's run through it real quick. With potentially first game, eight games, uh, what would be – yeah, well, first seven games, I guess, right? He has to report by week eight. Anyway, uh, you know, Detroit can score – Yes. Detroit's going to put up some points. Uh, that's week one. Then they're at Jacksonville. Jeez. You know, all right, Chicago at home. Okay. Uh, then they're at Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Yep. Then they're at the Vikings who can score. Yep. And we'll find out about Denver, but Denver's the next week, right? Um, following week is the Chargers who can score. That's, you know, that's your first seven right there. Jeez, are you kidding me? Yeah. Seven of your first game, seven seven of your first eight games are playoff tested type games. Maybe, you... maybe one layup there with the Bears. That's it. Wow. Everything else is real. All right. So Dan says uh CBA five days, Derek. Five. Okay, five. So okay. 150 per week. 150 per week. Okay, multiply. That oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. No, no, 250. Two, five times 50, 250. 250. Okay, so so two fifty times seven weeks, dude. I am not giving that kind of money back. I don't care who I, who you are. I'm with I mean, you. That's ridiculous. I'm with I mean, you, man. I understand you're taking a stance, but still, yeah. but, I mean, really, I can afford it. Okay, well, you can. Do you worked all your career, sacrifice your body, the aches and pain, just to give money back to a league that doesn't guarantee a lot of your money anyway? Are you kidding me? <sighs> I hope I hope he gets paid, man. I hope he gets it because if not, you're never getting this back. He's uh, getting twenty million. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, that's I have a sympathy for him, Derek, to begin with because he's getting paid pretty well for a defensive tackle. Like, yes, you're not getting. This wasn't Zach Martin getting seven million a year as the best, arguably the best no. guard in football. No. This is twenty million a year. You're getting paid pretty well. So, anyway. Um, Beyond that, you and I have had the same reaction to this story, and I still don't quite get it. Jimmy Graham practiced today. Uh, I, I don't get that one. What was it? Friday they found him, you know, incoherent or wandering Why around the street. Yeah. Possible seizure or something weird going on there, and he's now back practicing. Uh, I don't get that one. I don't get that one bit. Yeah. And he's not on any medication that we know of. And, Something's and he, fishy with this one. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, this don't this doesn't this one doesn't make sense. 
you don't put him back in the field that quick after an episode like that. No. He's disruptive to the point he has to be arrested. Right. You know, not just wandering the streets, but causing commotion to where he gets arrested. And you're putting him back on the field in less than a week later? Yeah, something's up. uh, Something's wrong here. Um, Kyle Shanahan, just staying with the holdout theme here, said basically this is what we thought was going to happen with Nick Bosa. We're not surprised. Uh, if we get him back, great. If we don't, we don't. We got to deal with it. We got we got to keep rolling here. But this this is no surprise to us, uh, and we're we're do, we're doing the best we can with it. I mean, this is where it helps that you beefed up that defensive line if you're them, you know, with Hargrave and some of the other additions that they made. They're still pretty strong there. I'm not I'm not saying you ain't going to miss Nick Bosa because you're going to make miss Nick Bosa, but still, they're still pretty good there. Um, even without Bosa. That 49ers defense is nasty. Yep. Now, it's, it's much better with him in there. When you look at their numbers across the board, um, they're, they're a frightening defense. But, you know, it's one of the few teams that could lose. See, Kansas City can't afford to lose their player. Right. 49ers can, can't afford to lose theirs for a few weeks and still be a tenacious defense. Yeah. So that's why Shanahan said, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Yep. You know, until he comes back. Agreed. Agreed. Um Sean Payton, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Derek, with Mike Sealski. And if you missed that, you can go to jacobsports.com and, and check it out. But um, he said, yeah, they, they they got into a big brawl. The Broncos and the Rams did. And he said, Matt, ah, I'm good. It's all right. No big deal. Uh, I like this. I still think this is the way to go for us. I think it's the best way to get the the most work out of these guys. We can open yep. things up more. Um, and I'm good with it. So I'll, I'll live with the consequences. So we, you know, because this kind of answers the question we were talking about this a couple of days ago, do we maybe start to see teams trend back away from these things, but it doesn't seem like that's where it's going to go. Well, you know, I, I bet you there's a part of Sean who wants to see just how close his team has come together and who, who are the tough guys on his team. He's yeah. that old school mind coach. You know, a lot of these new school coaches like uh, Nick Sirianni, you know, we really wanted to get our work in. Sean Payton's like, you know what? Hey, if you got to go to Knuckle Junction to protect your teammates, I'm going to see what we're made of. That's where, I, that's where I find out what the metal of this team is. Yeah. You know, um, we don't condone the fighting, but if it happens, I'm going to see these guys standing in a gap together defending each other. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, all right. So Jerry Jones was asked potentially uh, about pursuing Jonathan Taylor, and he said, we're very happy with our running back room, a.k.a we're not pursuing Jonathan Taylor. So I can see the Colts having difficulty finding a trade partner. I, I was just going to say the same thing yeah. and, and more for, for Taylor, like, dude, you might have to end up playing for them. This is the way this goes. If, if the Colts are adamant that they want a, a first round draft pick and I'm looking at some of the anonymous uh, team executives who are speaking out, there's not one that's willing to give up a first round draft pick for Jonathan Taylor, no matter how good he is. Number one, because they're concerned about his injury history. And number two, the market for this year is already established in terms of what running backs are going to make. And I don't see anybody bucking that trend for a running back. He may have to come to the realization that it's either play for the Colts or sit the season out. Yeah. You decide. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Um, Which, you know, again, he's going to be in the same situation a lot of these guys are in. You're just going to have to suck it up if you want to get. Yeah, you know, you want to get out of there, you're gonna have to suck yeah. it up and, and be there. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, good news for the Seahawks. Looks like Jamal Adams uh could be returning from the pup list either. I haven't seen the, their practice update yet, but today okay. or tomorrow for them. So that's good. That's a good sign for them. Like that guy 
can flat out play, man. So yeah. Back. And, uh, and with this revamped defense, they need him on the back end of that defense. Big time. Big time. One of, one of the best, if not the best, center fielder in the game when he's healthy. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. He can flat out, he can flat out ball. There's no yeah. question about it. Um, Brandon Cooks is a is a part-time pilot, Derek. And uh, there was video of him flying Micah Parsons, and I forget who the other cowboy was, um, last week prior to their game against the Seahawks out there. They were flying around the Seattle area. And uh, Jerry Jones got wind of that in, and put a stop to it. And, and, and Cooks isn't pushing back on it. He said basically, all right, I'm, I get it. I, I won't get back in a plane until February. I, I man, A, I agree with Jerry Jones, number yep. one. And B, I I worry with these guys out there doing that kind of stuff, man. I really do. You know, is there something in the water in Dallas? First of all, you have one guy who's who's driving around with a unlicensed gun and controlled substance. You got another guy who's flying. There's clauses in their contract that when the season starts, there's certain things you cannot do, riding motorcycles and stuff like that. Why would you do that? And plus, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm deathly afraid that my wide receiver has my best defensive player up in a plane with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hate to say this, but you know, a lot of these guys who are, are current athletes, former athletes, you know, um, they don't have a, they don't they don't get enough flight time in to really um, be very thorough at doing that. And I hate to say it, you know, we know what happened with Roy Halladay. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, and when, I, I hate to say it, but that's where my see, my first thought went there, man. I, no, I hate to say it, you know. But if, if I'm Jerry Jones, I don't. First of all, I don't want you up there. Second of all, you have my number one defensive player up there with you. <laughs> No, yeah. that's okay. No, yeah. no, you're done. You're yeah. done. <laughs> um, uh, angry Tua, Derek. You ready for some Angry Tua? We talked about Wait, it a little bit. There earlier. is such a thing as Angry Tua. There is. Um, I didn't real. So I didn't. I haven't been keeping up with this. There, I guess Ryan Clark at ESPN has been pretty critical of him. Mm. You aware of this? I, I don't know. He no, questioned this how much time he's put in in the gym and his nutritional habits. Um, and he was asked about it today. And Tua said, quote, and he said this, you know, sarcastically, but he probably knows more about me than I know about myself. Uh, and then he went on to say, I don't know. Ryan's been out of the league for a long time. I don't know. It's a little weird when other people are talking about other people uh, when they're not that person. Um, so, you know, he is uh, he's not too pleased. He said, uh, I come from a Samoan family like respect is everything. But, you know, it does get to a point where, hey, a little easy on that, buddy. I think we're pretty tough-minded people, uh, but if we need to get scrappy, we can get scrappy. Just saying. All right. Okay. What? Okay, Tua. <laughs> what? Oh, you bring up the Samoan heritage? Yeah, he went. He went yeah. Samoa on him. Yeah. I think Tua's tired of hearing everybody doubt him. You yeah. know, can he yeah. stay healthy? Yeah. Can he be the X factor for this team? And you know, we're basically saying, you know, enough is enough. You know, I'm not talking about you. Why are you talking about me? Let, let me just play the game. Yeah, and, and let's see what happens from there. I think any player, or anybody for that matter, whether you play a game or not, you get tired of people talking about you in a negative light. You yeah. know, yeah, because a lot of times it, it taints your 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 true image, the image you want to have of yourself. And it's like no matter what you can do, you can do no right in the eyes of so many, and it gets exhausting after a while. I mean, let's yeah. face it. Yeah, I mean, look, you're under such a microscope at that position, too. Everything, every little thing, you know, you get questioned about and you're looked at. It's why they make the big bucks and, you know, why they probably get too much praise or too much blame. But it's it goes with the territory. You're everybody's on you. You know, there's no doubt. Uh, 
Jets are getting some help here, Derek. Uh, it looks like Dwayne Brown, their left tackle, uh, activated from the uh, pup list, uh, cleared to practice, and uh, he had the he had the rotator cuff surgery, if you remember, after the season. But he'll be ready to roll week one, so he's good to go. He's thirty eight years old to his to his credit. He's still out there, but he's a uh, that's a big piece for Aaron Rodgers for sure. Only, only a few years younger than Jason Peters, our friend. You know, right. uh, if they feel like if he can play and he can lock it down, that bodes well for Aaron. You know, you got Makai Becton moving to the right side now, a former first round pick. Um, and, and if the Jets offensive line is rock solid, it only makes that Jets offense look that much better. So if they deem, if Joe Douglas and that organization deems that he can still give them what they need at age 38, I want to see him do it. Yep. Plain and simple. Got to yep. see him out there. Uh, DJ Chark, uh, Panthers receiver is uh is dealing with a a hamstring injury and uh that's you know that's key but here's here's why that's you know important derek for for a number of reasons they don't have great weapons to begin with no you know especially on the outside and if the kid terrence terrace marshall also was dealing with a back injury so they're pretty light there at at the receiver spot they need these guys to get healthy real real quick because it's already going to be a challenge for bryce young with that offensive line I know, and, and and from what we've seen, what what little we've seen of the Jets, the offensive line has not been all that steady um, in, in preseason games, and it's been talked about a lot. So they've got to find a way to, to 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 iron that thing out because there's so much expectation of this team. There can be no flaws in this team. If they're going to lose games, they want to make sure they lose games because they were just flat out beaten, you know. But you, it's, it, it, when you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And you you invested what you've invested in Aaron Rodgers. He's basically like like your gold bars. You got to bring the Brinks truck. You know you got to put him in a Brinks truck. And that offensive line is their Brinks truck. Yeah, For a lot of reasons, man. The passing game, the running game, the future health of your quarterback as well. Um, so yeah, you you got to make sure that thing is on point. So if there's one area of the Jets that has been in question mark, it's been that offensive line. Yep. A uh, little sports media news. Let me throw bounce this off you. Um, so we know ESPN's number one team is Buck Aikman and uh, Lisa Salters. Um, yeah. They're they've named their number two NFL booth. It's Chris Fowler, Dan Orlovsky, and Lewis Riddick. I actually I actually like that team a lot. Mm. I'm I'm a fan of that. That I, I want I want to see it together. Haven't seen it together. I want to see it together. I I, I like the names. Yep. Very insightful, very knowledgeable. I'm a huge Lewis Riddick fan. I am too. Uh, I am too. Uh, and they do have a sense of wit about them. You can't just be in a booth and just give extras and O's. you got to have some personality. Yeah. Individually, they all have personalities. Mm-hmm. Now let's see how it meshes in a booth when all three are trying to get points across at the same time. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. I am too. And you know, uh, Fowler works with Herb Street for college football, but Herb Street does NFL games on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yep without Michael. So if people are, why, why wouldn't these two stay together and do NFL games? That's why uh, there there's the separation of church and state uh, with those two um, for sure. All right. You sent me this one. Somebody please explain to me. Will Levis gets a lifetime deal with, with a, with a Mayo company. I'm not wow. going to name the name. Why? Well, based on what, what has he done? He has played it down in NFL football. How does he get a lifetime contract? Uh, does he have a family member who works for the company? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. How's that possible? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand this stuff. I, I don't you have to earn something anymore. I mean, can you? No, no, obviously not. 
Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the company is based uh, in in Kentucky, where he played college ball. Who knows? Or in Tennessee, where he is now. I, yeah, in Tennessee. I mean, who knows? But the fact that they gave him a lifetime contract based on projections—I've yeah. never heard of this before. It's weird, and I don't know. I'm sure there's something written in there that it goes down to next to nothing if he's you know, the career craps out or whatever. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, strange. All right, so there's three. Um, finalists for the pro football hall of fame, the senior class that they have every year. Yeah. Uh, it's Randy Gratishar. It's Steve McMichael um, are two of them. And Art Powell is the other one. So Gratishar was a, was a key part of those Broncos teams, the orange crush teams in the seventies. Uh, he was the seven time uh, pro bowler in his 10 years. He was an all pro in 78 and 79 defensive player, of the year in 78 pretty good credentials there mm-hmm. um you know tackling machine as at the inside linebacker spot he had 20 interceptions as well 13 recovered fumbles that guy had a heck of a career um he was a modern finalist for the hall in 03 and 08 but didn't get in um then you go over to steve mcmichael he and i don't know if you've been paying attention there he's in real bad shape like, yeah he is. yeah it's a shame um but he he was on the that you know, the Bears with Buddy Ryan and Ditka, the 46 defense, the team that won it, um, the team that won 18 and one that year. They only allowed 10 points and three playoff wins. Um, mm. He played, I think, 15 of his 16 years in Chicago, uh, was a very good defensive tackle. Uh, he was an all pro in 85 and 87. His numbers are okay. I, frankly, his numbers are okay. They're not like he's overshadowed by Richard Dent and Mike Singletary and probably should be. Yep. And Dan Hampton and those guys probably should be. Um, Art Powell was an AFL receiver, had size and speed. He was bigger than most receivers of his day. Uh, deep threat, you know, Al Davis, that group liked to throw deep. He led the AFL. He had 1,100 yards receiving, which was a lot back then in 1962. Um, and he, in the following year, he had 1,300 uh, receiving yards. Uh, he also had 16 TDs. First or second team all pro in the AFL, six of his first seven years. 81 touchdowns. Yeah. He put up, you know, really big numbers, you know, for sure. Uh, I, 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 frankly, I don't know as much about him as I do the other two. So out of the three, how many can legitimately get in? Um, I, I'll give you some, let me give you the other names that they considered. One of them was Maxie Bond who just passed away. He didn't make the cut. Unfortunately, former Eagle Ken Anderson, Bengals quarterback, Maxie Bond, Roger Craig, who I think is very underrated personally. Uh, Joe Jacoby, Albert Lewis, Eddie Meter, mm. Sterling Sharp, who we've had on the show, unfortunately did not make the cut. Otis Taylor yep. and Al Wistard, who's another Eagle. Uh, a separate panel picked former Lions coach Buddy Parker as a finalist in the coaching and contributor category. Full selection right. committee could also vote in up to five modern candidates from the pool. So I guess everybody can get in. All those guys could get in. Get them all in. Put them all in. They yeah. deserve it. They waited their turns. Yeah. Put them all they'll, in there. They'll announce it this summer. So mm. that's that's where it's at with those Wait, guys. This summer? This summer. Uh, uh, no, uh, next summer. Early next, next summer. summer. Okay, yeah. next summer. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh let's jump to the NFC West, Derek. So we do the West today. Ah. Tomorrow we do the Eagles division, the NFC East. All right. As we as we previewed each and every division for you leading up to the regular season, but we do the the NFC West. All right. Uh, and, I'll, and, I'll, and my friend, I am guaranteed beyond a shadow of a doubt, all four of our teams 
fall in the exact same line. I guarantee it. All right. I'll go first on this one. So let's see where where we are. Cardinals number four. (laughs) That one. No. no. That one may have been the lock of the century. All right. The funny thing is you said Cardinals first. I'm thinking – there's no way he's going to say Boy, that. That. <laughs> that would be a hot take. Cardinals winning the division. Yes. Yeah, there's no way. No. Cardinals number four. Uh, number three of the Rams. I just, I don't believe it. I don't buy into it uh, with them. Uh, number two is Seattle. Yep. And number one are the 49ers. So I go Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. I don't know what your order is, but I, this was one of the easier ones to predict for me. How about you? My, your order is exactly as my order, sir. This, yeah. You're right. This was the easiest per, per division to pick out of all the divisions that we've covered so far. I think the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFC. In the NFC. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the uh, I don't love the Bucs, but I don't think the Bucs are as bad as the Cardinals. Um, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think the Bears are better than the Cardinals. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you again. I don't, I don't see anybody else. No, no. I was going to say Carolina, but I don't think Carolina, even with a young quarterback, is as bad as as Arizona. No. So, yes, I would have to say I agree with you. Tampa Bay would be a close second on paper. And then, you know, with, with the Rams, it just they, – they pushed all in. They got their championship. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries to deal with. They've, they've had to let guys walk, Gunner, because of cap issues like Bobby Wagner and some others. It's not that they don't have, still have a couple players. They do. Uh, they still have Aaron Donald. They still have Cooper Cup. They still have you know Stafford if he's healthy. But and and an innovative mind with with you know McVeigh. But something something's. It just feels like it kind of passed them for me. Yeah, I think there's still another year uh, of coming out of coming out of selling their souls to win that Super Bowl. Yeah. And if you look at the way their roster is structured right now, they weren't big players in the open market. Um, and they're going to rely on a lot of young kids to fill gaps now, and because of, they're going to be, they're going to have to do that. Uh, I don't think they have enough. I mean, they got a nice trio. You've got a quarterback, you've got a, 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 an elite receiver, and you've got arguably the best D tackle in the game today. Still, uh, outside of that, you know, what do you have? The offensive line was a mess. They brought Cam Akers back. The running game is iffy. I mean, I think they average like ninety-seven yards a game rushing. Yeah. You don't want to win with that no. kind of imbalance, Mm-mm. you know? So yeah, uh, they're, they're still a hot mess. And I think they're, they're, after this year is when they started to come out from under some of that cap money that they got them into this trouble. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think Seattle's very good. Um, yes. It's going to come down to just can Gino give you the same level or an improved level that he gave you last year. And if he can do that, there's a lot of pieces around him. He, he's got an excellent core. Um, you know, his receivers yeah. are, are phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I like the kid Charbonneau as the backup to, to Walker yep. uh, at running back. Um, they're, Seattle's got a lot of talent. They, they turned it around really quick. I give them a lot of credit. Yeah, kudos, and, and kudos to uh, Pete Carroll for um, identifying something in Geno Smith and bringing out the best in him that a lot of other teams weren't able to do. I mean, the fact that he had the kind of season he did and led the league in completing almost 71% of his, 70% of his passes – that that that's a rarity, you know. Um, and now all they had to do is add other pieces. So they feel good about where Gino is. And what do they do? They go out and get a third receiver. They spend money and bring in defensive help because they were last in the league in defense last year. Yeah. They bring Bobby Wagner back. Jamal Adams is coming back, you know. So they got a nice nucleus there, and they were nine and eight last year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they could push the 49ers for that divisional title. Yeah, they're they're one they're really one to keep your eye on, man. They're gonna be interesting. And look, the Niners, uh, there is no question about talent. I mean, they're loaded with talent. Uh, but how does the Bosa thing play out? Uh, how does Purdy play out now that he's getting back? Yeah. Um, you know, they've had some other guys a little bit banged up here early at the receiver position, but you, you know, you have Debo Samuel coming back on a mission. Uh, you have Ayuk, you have Kittle, uh, you have an offensive line that that is that is pretty talented. You have a defensive line that's arguably the best in football. I mean, this is a this is a team that brings a lot of talent. I'll tell you, there's pressure on Kyle Shanahan. There no, is no question. He yeah. might he might be on a hot seat after this season if they blow this because they have as complete of a roster as you can possibly have. And even though the quarterback Brock Purdy is still learning, I mean, Kyle in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense. If he manages it well, they can go a long ways. But he's got to stay healthy and and and, and keep the, the turnovers down to a minimum, and they can do a lot of damage in the NFC. This roster is stacked on both sides of the football. You know, mm-hmm. kudos to John Lynch and that organization for bringing in the right free agents and drafting well over the last several years. Yeah, he's done a really good job with them. He he's you know. He's a very fascinating case, you know, comes out and not that he, he obviously yeah. played for a long time, but comes out of the broadcast booth and and does it does the job that he's done, you know, putting this thing together. It's impressive, man. Absolutely. It really is. Yeah. And see, um, for me with Arizona, yeah. Kyler Murray's got to win over teammates. You know, um, I believe there's a number of teammates that are just not buying what he's selling. Yeah. You know, and I think he's 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 done a, a very good job of of putting distance between him. And his teammates, you know, the quarterback is the one that should be fusing everybody together. This guy's separating and isolating people, you know, with some of his antics. Can you imagine what they're thinking in a locker room when it's announced he's at, at that moment the highest paid quarterback in the game? But, oh, by the way, he has a clause in his contract that he has to study film. What do you mean the quarterback does a study film? You know, can you imagine that? That tells you how well known it is, how 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 renowned it is throughout the organization that they're, yeah. they're doing that. And, and initially, he he agreed to it. Yeah, play and less. Only only after it got public did they remove it. Yep, play less video game and study your playbook more. Bad and sign. You, you get a former offensive lineman who came out, who went to Denver and came out, and basically ripped him apart, saying, "Yeah, he's got some growing up to do." Yeah. If that guy's talking about it now, he's no longer with the organization. There's a whole lot of people still in the organization mumbling and grumbling over the fact that this dude is eventually going to come back and lead us and he doesn't even take it serious. Yeah. Bad sign. I'm telling yeah. you, man, bad. Good. you're good. right. When the first thing you need to do is win your locker room over like, yeah. As a yeah. quarterback. Yep. That's bad. It ain't good. Uh, it is not good. That's for sure. All right. We're going to, uh, we'll step aside. We'll come back. We'll swing it back to uh, some Eagles, some Phillies, uh, a record setting night in the WNBA, Reggie Bush, uh, back in the news, we'll tell you what's going on there. Uh, killer birthdays today. Uh, very good movies as well. We'll get into all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's hit a couple things, Derek. Uh, Aja Wilson last night, uh, WNBA player, dropped a 53 spot, which is the most in the history of that league. Uh, this continues what's been a sensational career for her. I mean, national championships and MVPs and, you know, what else is new? But she is uh, she's something to behold, man. She's a big-time player. 27 years old, and look at what she's accomplished already. Um on top of what you just said, defensive player of the year, um, been on the cover of Slam Magazine, became Ruffles' first female athlete, um, partnerships with AT&T and Dick Sporting's Good, uh, one USA Basketball Female Athlete of the Year, won an ESPY, earned a fifth All-Star nod, signed a two-year extension, surpassed 3,000 points, and then, of course, the 53 points on top of that. And she's only 27 years old. My goodness. Yeah. You yeah. talk about a complete career, and she's still got a long ways to go. Oh, a long way to go. She she can play, man. She can flat out play. All right. Did you see this Reggie Bush story? So he is suing um, the NCAA for defamation of character based off of the high uh, having being stripped of the Heisman. There was a statement that they put out a couple of years back, which I, I, I think kind of set him off a little bit. Um, and he wasn't appreciative of that. He's actually meeting with the media. 
uh, now, I think laying out some the LA of the Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Laying it out right now. Uh, but yeah, he is, uh, he's none too pleased with the way this thing has been handled. So uh, the lawsuit is based on the NCAA maliciously attacking his character through a completely false and highly offensive statement that was widely reported in the media and substantially and irreparably damaged his reputation, according to the law firm that's representing him. And they're referring to this goes, this only goes back to 2021. Um, So the NCAA statement was in question issued to ESPN along with other media outlets on that date uh, about the possibility of Bush having his records and participation restored in light to the changes in the name image and likeness with players getting paid. And it said, quote, although college athletics can now receive benefits from their names, images, and likeness through activities like endorsements and appearances, NCAA rules still do not permit pay-for-play arrangements. Hmm. Uh, The NCAA infractions process exists to promote fairness in college sports. The rules that govern fair play are voted on, agreed, and expected to be upheld by all NCAA members. So they took his Heisman away. They forfeited, uh, you know, his time there, uh, whatever. So it turned out, allegedly, his parents were getting a free free house to rent in San Diego, which is where he was from, and they provided uh, $10,000, whoever, in, in furnishing. So that's, that's where it's at. I got a feeling he's going to win this case. I honestly do. You know, uh, how much more damage can you do to this guy? He paid his dues. Yeah. You, know, you took the Heisman from him. You tried to erase his records at, at USC. What else can you do to this guy? You know, why can't you just let sleeping dogs lie? You know, and the more you probe the bear, the bear is going to bite, swipe back eventually. And all, now, all of a sudden, the bear is swiping back now. Yeah. Yeah. I This one's especially with the with the NIL stuff. It's going to get interesting to see what ends up yeah. happening there with Reggie Bush. But I mean, they, look, they can wipe out the Heisman and all the records and all that kind of stuff. We all remember what he did there and what that looked like, man. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. He, he was like the Barry Sanders of college football. Oh my goodness. He? he did it all. The return game, running game, could catch the ball. And of course he'll always be remembered in this region for being on the receiving end of a Sheldon Brown big hit. <laughs> my goodness. That was an all timer. Took your soul. He actually, I, if memory serves me, like I, he might have been down for a little bit of time, but he got up pretty quick. He did. He did. He was down for a moment, caught his breath, went out, but he came back in the game. Oh, yeah. Sheldon, uh, Sheldon's a little bit underrated. Sheldon was a very good eagle. Yeah, he was. Good tackler, small guy. Not a big guy at all. Like, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah. You know, maybe 200 pounds, but man, was he a big hitter. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Underrated is an accurate word to describe him because – you know, you don't hear people talk much about him in his past days with the Eagles. When they talk about Eagles, great players, you don't hear about a Sheldon Brown. But Sheldon Brown, for the time that he was here, uh, was a great draft pick for Andy Reid's crew then. And we always we always loved he and Lido together because they came in at the same time. And they were good. That was a good duo, man. I mean, they, that group replaced, what, Bobby Taylor and, and Troy yeah, and those absolutely. guys. Absolutely. And they were both smaller smaller than, than Bobby and Troy. Right. Uh, but just as tenacious. You know, Bobby – Bobby was 6'3", and Troy was like 6'1". Um, and, you know, they were tall tall corners for back in the day. Yeah. Um, and they were very good tandem together. And all of a sudden, here comes these 5'10", five, ten, five, ten corners. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you had you had um, Lito from Florida, and I believe Sheldon was from South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah. And, man, they formed for a number. And then you had Michael Lewis in that draft also, safety. 
Very good. It was a good draft. That was was that the same year they drafted Westbrook too? Uh, I believe so. Boy, yeah, it was a heck of a draft. Um, for sure. All right. Uh, did you see the little little mini dust up between Justin Verlander and Alex Cora last night? Oh, I did not see that one. So the Astros are, are were playing the uh, the Red Sox, and Cora was ticked off about how long Verlander was taking. I guess he had issues. He was arguing that he was, he was violating the pitch clock or whatever. Right. So he came out to, to basically argue uh, and, and sort of gestured towards Verlander. Mm-hmm. And Verlander had some choice words for, uh, for Cora telling, uh, saying bleep off Alex and, and waved him off. And the mics, apparently the, the field mics caught it when he said it. So everybody at home knew what was going on. Uh, let's just say with these two. Ah, I love the boys of summer. And then Cora later got ejected for arguing balls and strikes too. So yeah, <laughs> Cora had a night. Yeah, that's oh, for sure. Man. Yeah. Um, I, I would I would venture a guess that those two are pretty close in age, Verlander and, and Cora. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. But but Cora had like sort of an old school meltdown. He did a little Earl Weaver thing where he was like, you know, kicking dirt off the plate and yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, it was it was pretty exciting, all things considered. I mean, let's face it, man. These hitters this season, you know, we we watch a lot of the Phillies games and think about how bad the umpiring has been in just those games. Yeah. So imagine how frustrated players are around the league that are getting the same treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, the strike zones are inconsistent, and it's like driving players nuts. Yeah. You know, and it's not just inconsistent, you know, week to week. It's like bat to bat, at bat to at bat. You know, the zones are being called differently various times during the same game. I know. And players are like, what the heck is this? Just be consistent. That's all they want. That's all we want? Yeah, that's it. Uh, all right, two, two NFL notes, and then we'll get into birthdays and movies. Uh, one, Adrian Phillips, uh, defensive player for the Patriots, says we're seeing a completely new and different Mac Jones here uh, every day at practice. And you know, what Bill O'Brien has done for him, uh, he he's a he's a whole different guy now, and look out for what this is going to bring. All right, okay, find out uh, pretty soon, soon enough, about eighteen days. You couldn't have if he's that good. You couldn't have a better test than what you're going to face in this Eagles defense the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. We 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 agreed that we thought Bill O'Brien was a a breath of fresh air for him. Now we're just we're going to find out just how much influence O'Brien has on him in terms of remaking him because he had a great rookie year. And then he went through all that crap last year. Belichick restructuring the uh, coaching staff, and that was a complete mess for him. Now you got a quarterback guru back into tutoring him. Okay, it's out there. Can't wait to see it now. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, last one here. Deshaun Watson has said that he knows he has to be elite. He's got to get back to that elite status. Um, He went on to say, uh, quote, you can't focus on that because that ranking is always changing. And for me, yeah. I missed two years of football, so I shouldn't be in those rankings, to be honest. If you're asking me, I haven't played ball. I haven't played enough football the last few years to even be up there in any kind of consideration. So I got to go out there and prove and show what I can do and get back in those conversations. Okay, that's a pretty refreshing way to look at it. I got Absolutely. Say. It's an honest yeah. assessment. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. Um, all right, let's go. Let's go birthdays. And then I want to I get a couple of Eagles things I want to hit you with out the door here. Right, one, we've, been t- we've been talking about this one all show. It's Kobe. Kobe Bryant would have been 45 today. So yep. very sad. Uh, born on this day, 1978. Another guy that, that lost, you know, that, that his life ended way too soon was River Phoenix. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Great, sad. great actor. 
He was. He, he you just watch his body of work from when he was a young kid and like stand by me to, to the other stuff he did, but he would have been 53 today. Um, Seth Curry, former Sixer Seth, not Steph. Seth is 33 years old today. Jeremy Lin, Lin Sation. He, Lin he Sanity. Had, sanity. He had that little stretch for, for a very small period of time, but he got a lot out of it. He's 35 today. What the heck happened to him, man? He had that. He was, he was, a, when he was with the Knicks that one season, he was a Pied Piper. And that's when Lin Sanity was born. And then all of a sudden, nobody's talking about him. Uh, it was he was like a one hit wonder man. He had a little teeny oh, one. That, yeah, crazy. Um, your favorite, uh, Lil Yachty, <laughs> six <laughs> 26 today. Lil Yachty, um, Shelly Long of Cheers fame played Diane is 74 years old today. And I, I, this is one of those I, uh, God bless, she's still with us, Barbara Eden. Yes. Who played Jeannie in I Dream of Jeannie. She is 92 now, Derek. Unbelievable. I was a big fan of hers back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. But 92. Uh, wow. I, and uh, Keith Moon, uh, former drummer for The Who, uh, was born on this day, 1946. Another guy who died very young. Uh, Scott Kahn, who is the son of James Kahn, actor, is 47. He's been in the Oceans movies and TV shows, et cetera. Entourage. Hawaii Entourage. Yep. yep. Uh, Gene Kelly, the uh, the actor and dancer from way back in the day, was born on this day, 1912. Taysom Hill, the uh, Swiss Army knife for the Saints, is 33 years old today. Uh, Vera Miles, actress, uh, was born on this day, 1929. Rick Springfield, the singer and actor, is 74. He, he looks like he's like 54. He looks, yeah, yeah. He looks good. Uh, Jay Moore, the actor-comedian who is dating Jeannie Buss now. Did you see this? What Jeannie Bus? He's dating Jeannie Bus. Oh jeez, my okay. man, my man might be getting a payday if they, if he can okay. he can lock that down at some point. Okay, all right. Anyway, uh, Yusuf Nurkic is twenty nine years old, Portland Trailblazer, big man. Trace McSorley, who is I believe now with the Patriots, former yeah. Penn State quarterback, is twenty eight. Uh, Natalie Coughlin, the swimmer, is forty one years old. Uh, Cortez Kennedy, phenomenal player. Uh, 55 years old today. Uh, Rex Grossman, former Bear quarterback, 43. Chris Fowler, the aforementioned Chris Fowler, is 61 years old today. Celebrates that with a nice little contract extension. Good for him. Julio Franco, 65 years old today. Some people might question he might be older than that, but we're not sure. Sonny Mm -hmm. Jurgensen, former Eagle, former uh, Washington Redskin, is 89 years old. 89. Wow. Yep, that's all I have for birthdays. What else do you have? We have Juan Manuel Marquez, uh, who is uh, one of three Mexican fighters who's a four-time uh, cha- uh, four-time weight class champion who fought from 1993 to 2014. You said Cortez Kennedy and Michael Talaferro, who was in a movie The Replacements in the Jamie Foxx show, uh, was born on this day in 1961 and unfortunately passed away in 2006. And you have uh, Ray Park, who was in G.I. Joe, Retaliation, Rise of the Cobra, X-Men, Sleepy Hollow, 49 on this day. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's go uh, movies. Uh, Angel Has Risen from 2019. Uh, Snatch from 2000. Blue Jasmine from 2013. Uh, Better Off Dead from 1985. What else do you have, D-Gun? The only one I have is The World's End came out in 2013. 
That's the only other one. Yeah, not not a uh, spectacular. No, not a great day for movie tonight. Movie day. All right. Uh, so Eagles, we uh, you know, so tomorrow it gets real. Um, last preseason game, and then after that, basically the way it works is there's there's no more um training camp because you're yep. prepping for the first game of the year. Yep. As soon as that game ends, and then you know we'll get down to the to the 53 man roster, etc. You know, there's a couple guys that it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. Like your your gut. Now, some of this could change with how he plays tomorrow night. But does your gut say that Nicholas Morrow's here? Mm. Can he play special teams? That's the key. They've lost two key special teams players. Can he play special teams for this team? Um I think because of, of depth reason, let's see, will they keep three will backers? Would they keep three will backers? You're going to keep nine to 10 offensive linemen. You're going to keep an abundance of defensive linemen. Uh, I'm going to say he's here. Okay. I think he's cheap. Um, I think his versatility in terms of being a special teams player for him as well as uh, competing for the, the will backing spot. I don't think he'll be starting in that position, but um my gut's telling me that he's going to find a way somehow to make the cut on this team. Okay. Uh, how about Rashad Penny? Is there any chance he's not on the roster? I think as long as he stays healthy, he is. Um, I think he's that battering ram between the tackles. Um, I, I think they like this four-man rotation that they have now with the backfield. I think they like the depth, the versatility of it, and all of those guys can catch the ball out of the backfield. We assume that Shanahan, uh, that Sirianni is going to go uh, it's going to incorporate more passing to the running backs out of the backfield. Uh, so I think Penny is going to be here. It didn't cost him a whole lot to come here to begin with. I don't see why you would train him all training camp just to let him go. I haven't heard anything negative about Rashad Penny in training camp, which leads me to believe that they like him and will keep him as part of that uh, quartet of running backs here. All right. So is Sermon on the practice squad in your estimation? I think that's where he's going to end up. Okay. Honestly, think, and if that's the case, somebody's going to pick him off. All right, interesting. I, I think someone's going to pick him off, too. Um, the 49ers have named Sam Darnold their number two. They're exploring options with Trey Lance, according to Tom Pelissar of the NFL Network. So um, Darnold will Brock up, back up Brock Purdy, and then Trey Lance, at least for now, is the three, but it sounds like they're maybe looking to move him. Everything that I've seen coming out of a 49ers camp in the media has been how well Sam Darnold has looked in a Kyle Shanahan offense how poised he's look, how accurate he's been. You know, here's a guy who people wondered how long, how much longer um, he would even be in the league, you know, after the way things went for him with the Jets and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, we always talk about, Rob, some players thrive in one system, or, and, and, and or should I say can't, can't thrive in one system and go somewhere else and resurrect their careers. And it looks like he's done that. So I'm not surprised, but, man, you know, you're giving up on a on a high first round draft pick. If if that rumor is true about them trying to trade Lance, you're giving up on a high first round draft pick in a short amount of time. You know, for as well as the 49ers have draft, drafted across the board and brought in the right free agents in years past, that's a big mistake. That's a big one. Uh, it is. It's a for as much as we praise John Lynch, that that one's a that's a whiff uh, yeah. right yep. there. You know for sure. Uh, you know, I it's been pretty obvious from the jump that they just they never bought in. 
You know, they never bought in with him. And and Purdy wins the job. And you know, think about how bad Darnold's been in his stops. Exactly. And he beat him out. Man. What does that tell you? It's it ain't good. I, I can promise you that it's, much. You'd be lucky to get a song and a dance for Trey Lance at this point. Oh my gosh, man. Um, and again, I know, I know uh Darnold's played pretty well in camp, but still, I mean, that's a that's an indictment right there, that's for sure. Mm. Okay, uh, let's go Phillies. They uh excuse me, play a four o'clock series finale against San Francisco. If they can win it, they get the sweep, and then they they get a day to rest. They've had um last week they were off Monday, Thursday, and they get another day off now. So they pretty well rested at this point. Yes, um, yes, you know, um, and the the really interesting thing today, Derek, is going to be what's Michael Lorenzen look like? Because we saw a guy who was spectacular in his debut, even better in, in the next game that he pitched because it was a no hitter um, and then got beat up pretty good the last time. And how much was that the after effect of throwing all those innings? But he's going to go today. So I, that, that's going to be one to keep your eye on just what he looks like. You know, he just pitched last Friday. I'm surprised he's pitching again, but I understand um, who's who's out of the rotation. Suarez? Suarez is, is okay. on the IL with hamstring. So I understand. I'm a little surprised they're pitching him this soon again, but you're right. I want to see what he looks like. Um, and I think he's in a great spot. You know, the, 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 the Giants have to be thinking, we blew a golden opportunity last night, you know. Oh. Um, and and they're, not a, they're not a heavy hitting team. They're a no. decent contact hitting team. They're not a heavy hitting team. So I like this matchup in favor of Lorenzo going against uh, the Giants today and helping the Phillies get the sweep against them. Yeah, so the lineups, which we gave you a little bit earlier, just to run through it again, Schwarber leads off and left. Turner uh, hits in the two-hole. Uh, he's hitting uh, – he's really tearing it up here of late, especially in, in August. But he's in the two-hole uh, playing short. And then you have uh, Bryce Harper, who's going to be DHing, batting third. And then it's Nick Castellanos cleanup in right. Bryson Stotts at, at second base. Alec Bohm, JT Real Muto. Brandon Marsh, who had the key pinch hit, and then Jake Cave uh, for Lorenzen. Let me give you those numbers on Harper one more time. Pretty impressive. So uh, in the month, in the last 15 games, Harper's at 324 with six home runs, 12 mm-hmm. RBIs. Turner, since he got cheered on August 4th, is hitting 353, and for the month of August, 300 with four home runs and 13 runs driven in. So, um, you know the the the, the big pieces of the lineup here that they needed to get going have, have started to get going. Mm, and, and they're hitting with authority. They're not, they're not cheap hits. They're hitting to the gap. They're hitting the tight rope and the line the extra and they're running the bases assertively. They're not just, you know, they're, they're not just taking what's given to them. They're taking what they want. You know, mm-hmm. they've been really good in terms of stealing bases. Um, the, the defense has been better, not great, but better. Uh, but the bats have really come alive, man. And even when the pitchers have an off day, it doesn't make a difference what inning it's in. Uh, all of a sudden, their bats wake up and they're stroking it, man. And it couldn't have picked a better time. It couldn't have picked a better time for it to start to gel. No. And lastly, uh, the NBPA, the Players Association for the NBA, uh, is, it, it, you know, basically they're countering the $100,000 fine. Uh, contesting it, excuse me, uh, the $100,000 fine that James Harden got. You knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> you, you knew that one was coming. Uh, but it's just it's just going to get messier, Derek. This is – we're in the very early stages of this, my friend. We, we, there's going to be a lot more to come, that's for sure. I can't wait to see what the Sixers roster looks like come training camp time. Mainly, is he or isn't he here? Is he yeah. or isn't he? I, I think – 
I think he reports, but the question is after that, what happens? What does he do after that? That's because he, he's going to want to get his money. Uh, that much we know when it comes to James Harden. That's a, right. tense, that's a tense situation to be in. Yes, season. it is. All right, yeah. that's going to do it for us. I uh, want to thank Tone DeShields. Tone, great job as always. Uh, appreciate you producing the program, Tone. Thanks to everybody in the chat section. Uh, very entertaining stuff from you guys as always. Thanks to everybody streaming and everybody listening as well. All right, you don't want to go anywhere because you have the National Football Show coming your way. Uh, with Dan Cilio, Derek and I are back same time tomorrow. So everybody enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We will see you guys manana. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.